Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 337. It's Dave, and I've got a reverse microphone set up tonight, so... It's kind of like I'm batting left-handed, Rich. Rich, the main man, how are you? I'm a good man, good man. A little, uh, little tired, but uh, ready to rock and roll. Tired and emotional? <laughs> mm, no, not emotional. How, how many beers were consumed at your Christmas party? Was it like a lot of beers or was it just a few? You're not a huge drinker, uh, No, it was a few beers and a few uh, bourbon and Cokes and all that. Right. Were you loose, man? Were you on? The, were you on the table at the end, like you know, doing the chuck? No, 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 no. I, I t- it takes me. A, a, I mean, I have to really. I got to really hit the sauce hard to get drunk. You've got that South African constitution. I'm a, it doesn't surprise you. I'm a lightweight. Two drinks, three drinks, and Davey's sleepy and needs to go to bed. Oh, well, you know? well, it's also years of practice, and I had a good coach. My dad actually taught me <laughs> how to drink uh, when I turned eighteen. So I like it. That's good. Uh, that's funny, man. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. Well, the first time I was able to drink when I was 18, I went and drank too much and sure. did the whole, like, thrown up, hungover, you know, sick the next day. And so he took me under his wing and he and he taught me all the tricks of the trade and all that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> well, I mean, the older I've actually, in fairness, I was never a big drinker, although I didn't mind a few in uni. But as I've gotten older, I don't mind a gin and tonic. Like, I'll have a couple of gin and tonics if it's like a work mm. lunch kind of thing. Um, I can't remember the last time I've been really, like, out of it, out of it. Like, you know, since my 20s, really, honestly. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of... But partly when you're at uni, at least, I found it around that age, you're kind of drinking to get obliterated if in a weird way. Like, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, let's just hit it fucking hard and... You know, it's crazy now looking back at it, but at the time it seemed to make sense. Well, one thing I noticed, because again, obviously there's some young people there, and I think the mistake that a lot of young people make is they just think that alcohol is alcohol. Sure. Um, but the trick to lasting longer and, and sort of not getting sourced and, and feeling sick and all that is to not mix your drinks. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But again, last night I'm watching. Watching these young guys, they're drinking red wine, yeah. and then next minute they're drinking white wine, and then they're having a beer, and I'm just like, you see, that's the that's a mistake I made when I first started drinking. Sure. I just thought, sure. alcohol's alcohol, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, doesn't matter what it is. 1,000% so, um, agree with you, Rich. And, yeah, that's exactly... Look, I remember one work... Uh, it wasn't a Christmas party, but it was kind of like some you know function of some sort, um, like an off-site function. I must have had... I would say probably eight or nine gin and tonics over the course of a long night, which is way more than I normally ever have. Now, I was drunk, but I was weirdly... I don't know how to scrub it. I wasn't out of control. I wasn't, you know, couldn't... I, You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if I'd blown into a thing, I would be crazily over the limit. But And the next morning, it was like... Yeah, I felt a little bit, you know, you know a little, a little unusual, but nothing like the level of drinking... That would be the most I've ever drunk. And I stuck to just gin and tonics over the course of a long night and plenty of water. Water's also your friend. Like, one alcohol, mm. one one water. And, I mean, yesterday here in Sydney, Rich, it was scorching hot, wasn't it? Jesus. Oh, yeah, it was like 42 at one point, I think it was. Wow. 42 degrees. Back in South Africa, is that kind of temperature common? 
Is that no, God, no, 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 no. Right. We don't we don't get temperatures that high. Oh, okay, really? Okay, there you go. You learn something every day, a bit of geography and and you know and and weather conditions on Signal now. You know, like we're getting down to the weather, man. Wow. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, um, so Rich has been just living the life, like partying. So is Dave, actually. I wind and dine my way through all of last week, actually. I had a couple of people out for meetings, and then we had the Christmas function, our own Christmas function. Um, I, I meant to have a margarita all night, and I forgot to. I saw I saw one of my friends, she was drinking a margarita, and I, and I thought to myself, that is exactly what I'm in the mood for. But scatterbrain, Dave, you know what I mean? Scatterbrain. I did have an espresso martini which was absolutely delicious. And I I mean, I probably drank two drinks all night. Other than that, it was lemonade and water. But that espresso martini was just beautiful, Rich. You know, when you just drink something, you're like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gorgeous, man. Simply gorgeous. Oh, yeah, yeah. You Nothing know. wrong with a good martini every now and again. Definitely, man. Definitely. I remember back in the MASH days, he, he used to say, uh, what was it, dry as the desert sands. <laughs> when he ordered it. <laughs> I remember he used to say that. I used to like, think it was such a cool thing to say. All right, now, we've covered the basics. We've covered the drink and we've covered the weather. A um, lot of news this show on Seagull of Doom, uh, the internet's premier comic book and pop culture podcast. I can't get anyone who comes close. I mean, plenty try to take the title, but we just keep defending it, don't we, man? You know, we're back to back. We're like fucking Beyond Borg in the 70s, man. Back to back. Unbeatable. Back to back to back. Solid, solid, solid. Um, guys, by the way, shout out to Kurt, uh, one of my pals at work. He threw down some. He threw down a cash challenge for me on the tennis court. Permission accepted, dude. You know what I mean? You throw down cash. You start talking about wanting to defeat me in tennis. The blood starts to really boil, rich, and I, the, the eyes come alive. You know what I mean? And. Um, and I'm trying an extra hard. What you're saying is that you're up for the challenge. I'm very up for the challenge, Richard. You know that. That's good. And I, um, I put in a very intensive hour yesterday with my coach in the heat, and I said, we're building into February. We're building. You know what I mean? I said to him, I said, this is the start of the fucking, fucking spaceship that we're going to fucking launch. And, um, yeah, if, if I could be more intense about my tennis, it's just gone up a fucking notch. You know? And, uh, That's good. And I think I'm intense enough, really, Rich, at the end of the day. But I've just taken I, I said to Michelle, we're on a war footing. She's just, her eyes rolled out of her head. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's had it before. It's not the first time. She, it's not the first I'm, time. I'm surprised Michelle actually has eyeballs left. She just looked point. at me like, I don't think she was even listening. You know what I mean? The eyes just glazed over as well at that point. Like, you know, and I just abandoned the conversation. Um, <laughs> I want to take us into, we're coming towards the Christmas season. And I do want to say, um, Heading into one of my favourite seasons, probably my favourite season of the year, Rich, as we all know, is the Grinch. Um, mm-hmm. You are, you really are the Grinch, Rich. Uh, but you're the retail Grinch, which I do forgive, because Rich is, Rich is burnout for many years on the retail coalface at Christmas. It would be enough to destroy a man, but Rich is, I think, naturally a bit of a Grinch, but it's really turned into super Grinch as the years have gone by. Yeah, but, you know. to be fair, I also feel like December is my like, sort of unluckiest month as well. Oh, dear, what happened? Well, um, obviously, we just found out that uh, they want to up the rent here. Oh, no. Um, the week that the 30-degree the day start, my car aircon... Oh, dear. ...stops working. Oh, dear. 
So, you know, for me, December's not the most wonderful time of the year. It's literally like the the worst luck time of the year. Charles, <laughs> Charles so, Dickens could write a story about your Decembers, Rich, I think. You do have... Uh, probably could. You do have shit Decembers. Like, I, I remember one year, it was maybe last year or the year before, where you were just so burnt out. You just looked like a guy who'd done about seven tours of NARM. And it was just, you know, you were just like, it's fucking yeah. good. Well, you've got to remember, uh, the unfortunate thing of being in retail is my year doesn't um, ramp down, it ramps up. Yeah. So, we're, like you and a lot of other people, mm. your December is where you start to slow down. Oh, it's dying, You start yeah. to go on holiday, you know, people, you know, don't come into the office as much. For me, it's the opposite, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Once we start getting towards the end of November, the selling hours extend, trading hours extend, got to work extra days, don't get Boxing Day. You know, I mean, I don't even get Boxing Day off. I have to go fucking work really? Boxing Day. So really? for me, it's it's I'm more tired and shit just should go wrong in December because, uh, it, yeah, it doesn't ramp down for me. It ramps up. Oh, because the old-fashioned Boxing Day sales, I recall. Is that what it is? Yeah, we still got, yeah, we've got the Boxing Day. But we never really used to be open. It's old, oh. uh, it's good old uh, Jerry Harvey, you know, he decides... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's unfair that the, the the shops in the city get to be open on Boxing Day. I want uh, I want all retail to be open on a Sunday. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, on, uh, on a um, uh, Boxing He's Day. He's not rich enough. You know what I mean? He, he just needs that extra fucking five million. What I find so funny is I don't understand how Harvey Norman is in business because every single pe- person I speak to hates Jerry Harvey. Like, that's one thing I found absolutely fascinating. And I've got nothing against, obviously, people that work at Harvey Norman. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying... Uh, I just meet so many people who can't stand Jerry Harvey that I don't understand how Harvey Norman's in his I barely know who he is and he annoys me. Like, I mean, he's just Mr. Mr. fucking advertisement, like whatever I've seen him. You know what I mean? And, and also Mr. Wine. He's like a massive whiner. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, does, he does like to whine. He does like... But it's almost like rich man crying, like, I'm not rich enough. <laughs> it's like... It's like... It, yeah, it's the, it's the rich man complaining how hard his life is. Yeah, but like, it's like, I really want to buy that seventh Porsche. it's just not fair like it's it's i think it's that uh and i think um they like this won't mean anything to our listeners outside of australia but that they do spam the adverts at certain times you know if you get on the wrong channel they are spamming the adverts like and i think that combined with his general whining old man whining is quite grating you know like honestly Mm. We should try and see if your employer will sponsor the show, Rich. I'd happily. We won't mention won't. them by name. Oh, jeez. Really? <laughs> yeah, trust me, they won't. <laughs> They're not interested. I'd happily, no. I'd happily spruik refrigerators. You know what I mean? If there was money in it for me. I would happily do it. I'd be like, I, like, I'd be like, look, I really want to get this refrigerator in your house. It's a beautiful machine. It's perfectly equipped. Get down there now. 5% off if you mention Signal of Doom, that kind of thing. Um, anyway, but we're not going to mention that. I'm not giving free adverts out here. Um, now, Signal Acquisitions, Rich, any, we're coming into Christmas season. Oh, I meant to mention. So next week, we're going to do our final show of the year. Then we're taking, I think, a well-earned break. Um, we'll only be off for like two or three weeks. It won't be a huge break. And I might even do a Cinema of Doom or something in the meantime over my holidays. But I think Rich and I... Rich, I think we deserve, like, a little chance to put the feet up, don't you? Yeah, yeah, a little break. Wouldn't mind a little break. Yeah, definitely. And um, this week, I've got an interview coming up with Jeff Grubb, 
um, the D and D guy, mm-hmm. game designer. So that's going to be this week. So that will probably hit your feet next weekend. Um, Rich and I'll do one final show for the year. Uh, we might invite some people see if they want to come on, but it'll definitely be Rich and me, and then we'll take a break. Um, and as always, I want to thank all the listeners. Uh, all the Patreon members, just everyone who bothers to listen to the show. Hope we give you a laugh. You know, I'd be surprised if we don't. Um, probably laughing at me, not with me. That's fine. I'm used to it. Um, no, I think it's a bit of both, Dave. Well, I'll take it. I'll take all of it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> doesn't worry me, really. Um, yeah, and we just really appreciate all the time you put in. And Rich, of course, yourself, man. I mean, you've held up the batting now for over 200 episodes. You've faced at times some hostile bowling from me coming in, nipping the ball around, challenging you. I think you've acquitted yourself well, Rich. Yeah, very of course, well. man. Very got well, a, man. Got to, give, got to give and take. There was that one time where you didn't include Elvis in your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, that was a low point, I will say. And, um, I mean, depends any chance on, of you flipping? It depends on your point of view. It wasn't a low point for me. Any chance <laughs> of you flipping on that now, Rich? <laughs> what do I look like, a flip-flopper? <laughs> I am. i tell you what, I could flip on a fucking dime. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get rid of Elvis and Bob Dylan, though. Um, now, any acquisitions, Rich, leading to the Christmas season? Have you picked up any signal uh, abductions? Is actually the name of the segment? No, nothing. Nothing? Uh, wow. Nothing, nothing worth, uh, nothing worth talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, have you got anything on the Christmas list? Have you told, given the girlfriend any hints? Like, what I really want is a Castle Grayskull. Something like oh, that. I think I mentioned it last week. She's buying me the oh. Baldur's Gate um, uh, oh, collector's edition. What a good girlfriend. Uh, that won't come out until uh, like first quarter of next year, but that's fine. I've got plenty of stuff to play in between now. So wow, like what a good girlfriend. Rushing. What a good girlfriend she is, man. Like... And then I've given, her some, um, I've given her some hints to sort of get me some, uh, um, some DVDs. Like uh, I want the Ray Harryhausen. Uh-huh. Um, box set, or maybe even a Quantum Leap box set, or I saw that uh, in I saw that in uh, JB Hi-Fi the other day, Quantum Leap, actually. Yeah, or like the Hercules, you know, the Kevin Sorbro one. Yeah, okay, um, all right. So yeah, I basically said, I mean, other than the Baldur's Gate, I said don't buy me any games or anything like that because you know yeah. I'll buy I'll buy that when they're having a special or a sale. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so Kevin Sorbo, anyway. Quantum Leap, and uh, Ray Harryhausen was the guy who did like the. The stop motion animation yeah, stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he did like the Sinbad movies, Clash of the right. Titans. Oh, wow. Uh, um, that was one of my favourite uh, movies ever when I was a kid, Clash of the Titans. I love that movie so much. That's the one with the Greek gods and stuff. Am I thinking the right one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the... That's a great movie. Uh, Clash of the Titans, I think, is the... Um, Harry Hamlin, I believe, is in it. It's the... It's the... Oh, fuck it. It's the Percy one? It's the Perseus. Story of... Perseus. Yeah, Perseus. So um, it's that one, and then there was I think he did a Jason and the Argonauts one. He did. No, he did with the skeletons and stuff. Yeah. 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 And that had like the. I've uh, not actually um, seen, other than I've seen clips of them. I've not seen them. But Clash of the Titans was a a video that we used to get out a lot, and I used to watch a lot. I loved that movie. That's that's actually a very. I I would much rather watch that Clash of the Titans than the um, awful remake. The, the remake that they did. Uh, oh. who, who did they get for that? Uh, oh, Sam Worthington? Cool. Yeah, yeah. With his shaved head. And I'm like, really? Mm. Like... Yeah. No, it was, it was you, without you any of the... You couldn't grow his hair. You couldn't put some, um, some weave on him or something to like... 
you know, give him like a bit of a Greek hairstyle, you just went with a shaved head, I was very disappointed. Those remakes, I believe there were two, were very weak. Compared to how fun the original was. The original was a really fun movie. We used to get that out and Flash Gordon out a lot on video. You know, Friday night mm. kind of thing. Like, that used to be kind of like, you know, we used to get the old videos going. That were, they were our two favourites. Um, for me, signal acquisitions coming into Christmas, some G.I. Joe classifieds. I finally, oh, well, it's on its way. Finally, my Snake Eyes Desert Commando. Jesus Christ, I've been waiting for this this guy to turn <laughs> up. Oh, my fucking God. Got him for an incredible deal, actually, on um, Amazon. And I also got Buzzer and Rock and Roll and Zarana's on the way as well. Also got a great deal on her. Um, Zarana, uh, Zartan's sister, Rich, if you're not familiar, one of the Dreadnoughts. Um, it's just good times. It's uh, I'm, I'm firmly back in G.I. Joe land right now. I never leave for too long. But reading that issue last week, was it, when we did the, the Larry Hummer issue? Mm-hmm. Oh, my fucking God, I'm back, man. Like, you wouldn't believe. I'm up to almost issue 60 of the original run now. And, uh, like, Zarana, Zartan, all the Dreadnoughts are there, and I'm just loving it. Like, Larry Hummer just weaves a spell. And can I say, Rod, Rod Wingham, the artist, is totally underappreciated. He's not mentioned whenever you talk about classic comic books, but, like, my God, he turns in some great pages month after month in that G.I. Joe comic, you know? Mm. Um, great character models. Rich, you know, sometimes today when you're reading comics and you can barely tell who the hero is or the supporting character. Like, he, in a big cast, you always know who it is. Like, he's so good at capturing the character model. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know as well as the action scenes, and like, I, I just think he's totally underacknowledged. Um, I wonder if he's still alive, Rich. If we could get him on the show, Rod Wingham, Rich, get on that. Type him into fucking Google, man. Is he still alive? I want to. I want to live or dead on him. Rod Wingham, Rich. That's the one, man. That's the guy we fucking I don't want. See why he wouldn't be alive? Well, time catches up with us all, Rich. The Reaper, you know. I certainly haven't heard much from him in recent years. He's radio, radio silence. You know, type it into type it into Google, man. Get the Wikipedia going if it's an is or was situation. You know. Um. Yeah. At least spell his last name. Wing, W I N G, then ham, as in Christmas ham. Rod Wingham. No, just the way that you say it sounds like you're saying Wingham, like as in Wingham, G E M. Or as in um, Police Chief Wiggum in, in the in the Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, is he alive, Rich? What have we got? Have we got a pulse? Come on, man. This is you know. Well, I'm looking. It's not the. It's giving me a lot of like. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep the show rolling while Rich does his research. Stuff and all that, but I'm not seeing anything that's. All right. Well, I may have got the name wrong, but I thought his name was Rod Wiggum. But anyway. Shout out to him, and obviously shout out to the legend Larry Hammer, um, GI Joe man. Yo Joe, don't you agree, Rich? Who's your favourite GI Joe or Cobra? If you have to name one, off the top of your head. That's uh, pretty boring, though. Let me guess, Duke. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, can I just say that is the most? I I actually knew that would be yours. I don't know why, he, dude. He's the most generic. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to know why, Dave? Yes, please. I'm, I'm drawn to leaders. Okay. I, I like, no, I like characters that are leaders. It's why, you know, I like Cyclops. Sure. You know what I mean? It's, um, I just, I, sure. 
I, I guess I find it... But almost like goody two-shoes, you know? As well. uh, no, I mean, it doesn't have to be like goody two-shoes. I mean, Duke can be a bit of a dick sometimes when he wants to be. I guess so. um, I mean, I don't mind Duke myself, but to, out of yeah. all the Joes and Cobras, that's I don't know, I just, I'm drawn to leaders, I guess, okay. you know. Um, all right. like I'm Washington. one of those people, though, that I will... If I'm in a group and something has to be done, sure. I think I naturally just... If no one, if no one does it, I'll just naturally take charge. A lot like if, Napoleon. Like, no one steps up. A lot like Napoleon. Maybe you could have played Napoleon instead of Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, it probably would have been better. <laughs> instead of a <laughs> instead of a grumpy little uh, Joaquin Phoenix, could have been a grumpy little South African. <laughs> oh, wasn't it the fact that it was grumpy is that he played him awkward and yeah, yeah, yeah. like I almost can, autistic and I can totally imagine how he played him. I, 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 I just I know he would have been quirky and jittery. I bet, sort of, yeah. I can I can so imagine how he would have played him. Yeah, I bet he didn't have a lot of gravitas, did he? No, he certainly didn't didn't come across as someone who inspired. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like love him or hate him, Napoleon certainly from his soldiers or like, um, yeah. uh, you know, it's not like he was like mesmerizing or. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, enthralling or anything like that, you know. No, I can tell you. You you always go, how did he capture the hearts and minds of people? How, how, like, how's that possible? He's a good actor, Joaquin Phoenix, but I can so imagine how he played Napoleon. You know, and he was great in Gladiator. That's what I mean. Great in Gladiator. Great in Walk the Line. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. Now, have a guess. I've got one in my head. Have a guess. Who's mine? Out of all the JoJo's or Cobras, have a guess. I'll give you a free. Free it's it's got to be one of the ninjas. It's probably Storm Shadow. No, it's not Storm Shadow. You're actually you're actually off there, man. Do you want me to tell you? Think again. I've well, been trying to think so like. like Snake Eyes. What's that? I don't know if he's your. I know you like Snake Eyes. I don't know if he's your favourite though. I do like Snake Eyes. Spirit goes close, but my favourite is Baroness, my friend. I've always liked Baroness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. I wasn't looking at it from that angle. I probably should I've always been a huge Baroness fan. I should have taken your other head into account. It's not that she's just hot, but it's that she's so thoroughly evil. It's the evilness which gets me. I just love how evil she is. Come on. Every single Cobra person is evil to the core. Even, like, Cobra Commander is over-the-top evil. But but Baroness... She's so evil. Her heart of fucking ice. Yeah, and she's beautiful, of course. But it's that heart of ice. It gets me every time with Baroness. I love it, man. I can't get enough Baroness in my life. Um, <laughs> I've got Baroness on the on the motorcycle, by the way. Yeah, no, I do like Snake Eyes. Um, not so much. Oh, I, I do like Storm Shadow, but no, the other one would be Spirit. Spirit's one of my favourites. I, I do love Spirit, but he's not in it enough to love him that much. Whereas Baroness is regularly in it. You know, I also like Dex, uh, Destro as well. Um, mm. He's 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 a bit of a favourite of mine. Um, now. So they're the things I've got coming now. GTA 6 trailer, which came out with a Tom Petty song, Love is a Long Road. And I noticed someone here has said another act of appeasement to Dave Finn. Um, yeah, it, the, the cards are falling my way. GTA 6 coming out in 2025, Rich. Um, I'm excited to be fucking alive, man. I am, I am pumped. And sadly, I said to Michelle, it's coming out next year, 2025. And, and she, she looked at me, she goes, 2025 is not next year, Dave. And I was like, ah, oh. I was like, I took like a body shot, like JFK style to the head. I was like, no. <laughs> and realised I had to wait an extra, extra time limit. But did you watch the trailer? Oh, well. Did you watch the trailer? What's going on, Rich, in your, in your head? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Didn't, didn't even watch the trailer. 
Really? Rich. Why would I watch a trailer? Rich, are you familiar with the fact we're on a weekly fucking hit show with the covers pop culture? And this has been the biggest news of the week. This was our yeah, lead item. You can, dude, you can gush all over <laughs> it and tell them how you creamed your pants and all that. See, we still covered it. We covered it, man, but it's supposed to be a dual cover. Um, this is Why like... I, I don't play GTA. Why would I... What? Okay, who cares about my opinion of a game I'm not going to play me. and don't play? Listeners, listeners, me. Why? But again, all they're going to know is that I'm going to go, I don't care, I'm not going to play it, couldn't give a shit. Like, well, what? Even your apathy, even your apathy would have been better than this no-show. Um, it was apathy. Apathy is literally nothing. Well, what can I say? GTA 6 will push the limits of what's possible in open-world games, says the Rockstar yeah, co-founder. Yeah. yeah. Man, this is going to be fucking everything. This is going to be 2025, the year of Dave, playing GTA. I may go Tron into the machine. You know what I mean? Like, this might be the one, Rich, that pushes me way over the edge, my friend. Uh, have fun with it, bro. Can't wait. Like, seriously, all these years I've taken abuse for Assassin's Creed, but really I've just been waiting for my fucking time to shine on GTA 6. I'm so happy right now. I hope it comes out of my birthday. You know what I mean? Like, things that I look forward to in life, being crowned president of the world, obviously, um, and GTA 6, you know? Like, this is even bigger to me than a new Elder Scrolls game. Um, and they're back in Vice City as well. So they're back in Vice City for this one. Can you imagine how big the map will be, Rich? Like, they've got to make this game next level. That's the thing. They've really mm. got to push the boundaries of what's possible. Um, I've and heard... I believe a new, uh, a, a, new, mm. a new milestone for the franchise, you get to play as a single mother. Okay. All right. Well, that would, I think it's the first female protagonist, if I'm... I think yep, I'm right. I believe I'm. Yep, you. Your oh, well. character will be a, um, a a single mother getting into the life of crime. I guess I don't know. Okay. Mm. Well, I I think there might be multiple protagonists, Rich, like there was in GTA Five. We yeah, had Trevor, Michael, and um. Sorry, that's the only one they've Franklin. mentioned, though. Okay. She was in the trailer. I'm down for that. Why not? Like a like a mother who has to get jobs done to you know pay for the kid and stuff. Like bring it on, man. Oh. Have fun then. Bring it on, dude. Wow, what's the situation in the strip clubs? I don't know. That's a good question, I think. No one's asking that question. You know in GTA how you can go to the strip clubs? And if you say so. And you can if you play your cards right, the stripper will come back to your place. It's pretty cool. Wow. Um yeah. That's that. Yeah. Got the achievement. Been there, done pretty, it. Pretty pretty sad. Oh come on, Rich. Jesus Christ, man. I'm sorry, I'll never understand people who want to um, pursue digital relationships in a video game. I just, I, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. What do you mean? It's it, like, it's just, it's just a bit of fun, man. Like, you're at the strip club and like, you know, it's the no touching rule. I world, just but... think it's weird, like, again, trying to uh, sleep with or, or bang a, 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 like, a, a digital fucking avatar like okay. in a scripted sort of game. so are you telling me, me man, are you telling me you didn't unlock the hard coffee achievement in GTA 4 so you're telling I don't me, even right? know what you're talking about bro that was the hard coffee achievement was when you had sex in the car with your date okay yeah so you didn't do it I've never even played the game though 
GTA 4. Yeah, I haven't played it. Really? Wow. That's a gap, man. That's a big gap, dude. I'm telling you, I man. Played any, I haven't played any of the GTAs. I think I played... What? Really? I think I played one for like an hour back in the day. I thought we never, had... never touched it again. I thought we... I honestly have memories of us talking about it. Maybe it wasn't you I was talking to. No, it definitely wasn't me. Really? You and I have talked Red Dead because I like Red Dead, but... Oh, I, I, I don't. I don't play uh, GTA. Maybe it was Dion. Well, I know Dion's big into GTA, but um, Rich, you've got to fix that, man. GTA Six, no, hop on board, no, man. I, no, I don't. What if I bought it for you? What if I bought it for you as a fucking gift out of my own fucking? You would be savings? wasting your money. Then I'm not doing it. Fuck that. I'm not. I'm not being generous to just be wasting. I again, I have no interest. I wouldn't even play that game for free, Dave. Wow. Does your girlfriend play it? No. I was hoping that somehow she might convert you. That was my hope there for a second. No, 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 no. She loves a... Uh, she's a Yakuza girl. Well, that's not that different. That's oh, a, it's very different. Is it? Okay. Says me who never plays it. I, I do want to play Yakuza. Well, we learn something every day. I did not know that you hadn't played GTA. I knew you didn't like it and stuff, but I thought you must have at least played four. Um, nope. Wow. Man, you're missing out, dude. You're missing out big. Dude, the fact that I'm, like, happy and content, I don't think I am. Like, yeah. I don't feel like there's something missing from my life because I haven't played it, Dave, so but I, you, I, I have to disagree with you. How would you know, though, man? How would you know? That's my point. If I don't feel like something's missing <laughs> in my life, then I don't see how I am missing out. I am, I've got a gaping hole inside me just staring out at the abyss. I know there's something missing in my life, for sure. Like, oh, that, that's sad, Dave. Yeah, sure. But you, you, but the hey, the war machine has to rumble on. You know what I mean? The war <laughs> the machine keeps rolling. Doesn't stop Dave. But I've been that way forever, man. I've been that way forever. I remember looking out, like, to age 25, and I remember I said to the void, I have no soul. It's gone. I said, it's gone. It came back eventually, but, you know, you touch it. You can touch emptiness, man. You can touch emptiness, dude. If you haven't touched emptiness, good luck to you, I say. Maybe you don't need it, man. Maybe you don't need the death, Rich, like I do. I, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> so you're telling me, just to clarify, you've never gone to a park in GTA 4 and just said, fuck this, and start blazing away the general public to, att to attract the cops and get no. into some serious shit? Because I used to do that a lot. Maybe I had some issues at the no. time. <laughs> Dave, I'm, here's the thing. Like, I'm literally... If I play, like, an RPG... Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm literally that guy that will try and diffuse and talk his way out of a situation. Wow. Really? Really? Yeah. Even though that option is like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you all, or, yeah. you know, screw it, you're dead. I generally don't go for that. I try and, I, I try and talk. Right, talk uh, the situation. I de-escalate it. Well, I try to, anyway. I read, a, I read a thing today. Someone said, every fight you go... You don't get into every fight you avoid is a is a win or something or something along those lines like diffusing yeah. and well, self escalating. That's what I love about like Larian Studios, right? They're the guys that made Baldur's Gate, and if you play like the uh, Divinity games and all that, you get massive XP for like not fighting. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. You know what I mean? So if you get into a situation, if you can sort of end it without the bloodshed, you still get massive amounts of XP. Wow. Uh, as you would if if you killed everyone. So 
they kind of, you know what I mean? You don't feel cheated, like, oh man, if I don't kill everyone, I'm not, you know, I don't get XP, I don't level up and all that. And whereas, they're sort of games, they do reward you for, like, not fighting, so that you can sort of be, I don't know, the pacifist, the good guy, okay. whatever you want to be, you know what I mean? Wow. The, the, everything the I'm talker, not, the everything I'm not. There was this funny incident that happened in the same, that, that's interesting actually. There was a funny incident that happened in Assassin's Creed Mirage the other day. I had to pick this guy's pocket to get, like, some key for something. Anyway, it was like the game is glitching, and it was making the picking of the pocket incredibly hard, much harder than normal, but also, so you, you try to pick the pocket, you don't get it, he's alerted, he calls the guards, but you can run away and hide in a bush and then come back five minutes later. But the problem was, like, the fucking guard wouldn't leave, and, like, I couldn't get into a position to pick this guy's pocket. So, Dave, try, I'm trying to play this thing for, like, 20 minutes. I'm getting more and more agitated. Finally, I just go up to the guy. in the mid, He's in the middle of talking to his mates, and I just fucking kill him. And he's a civilian, so the game warned you that killing civilians can desynchronize you. But I was like, yeah, but I think I can get away with one, which I did, and then I just took the key. I was everything you're not rich in that moment. I was like, I was like fuck this shit. Um, I'm not wasting any more time. And I got a taste for it, too, because I killed him. The game warned me, and I looked at his mates, and I was like, seriously, I've got the bloodlust right now. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but but knowing I'd be desynchronised prevented me from what would have been, I guess, technically mass murder of civilians. Um, but you can kill one um, if you don't have the patience. And that was me, Rich. Whereas you're es- de-escalating. You know, I escalated, you could say. I ended it. But, yes. hey, I got the fucking key. At the end of the day, who's winners are grinners, you know? I was back to hiding in a bush waiting for my wanted level to go down, though. That was the other problem. <laughs> hiding in a fucking bush. Um, brave assassin that I am. Um, I think Mike Kellishin put a thing in here. Babylon B headline. Californian man confused why he would play GTA 6 when he could commit crimes without consequence in real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, is that that's, that's, a, that's pretty much what's happening in the states now in a lot of states, right? People just doing crazy shit. Well, apparently there's states now where as long as you steal under a thousand dollars or something, they don't right. prosecute you or they let you off for the warning or something. Really? So you so you could go in there and steal like nine hundred and ninety dollars. That's funny. Worth really? of of goods and stuff and all that. Yeah. Uh, and so of course what people are doing is they're going in as a group. Yeah. And every and each person is basically just taking like a handful of stuff and walk and just basically like really? ripping it out and, wa- and walking out and nothing happens. That's that's terrible. I see. I don't like. I don't agree with that. Like. I. I, I mean. I do think we probably send some people to jail too early, but it, in my mind, like maybe I said old fashioned. But if you're going in like crazily shoplifting and stuff and you're caught, well, it's a crime. You know. I'm not saying these people need to do twenty years, but. Are you, if you're looting stores and stuff, well, you know, consequence. You know, I don't... Of course, there should be. I'm sorry. Yeah. And again, um, and you can't even use the excuse of like, oh my God, we're stealing to survive. A place. You're stealing handbags and yeah. expensive shoes and you're still on PlayStation. I knew this to survive. But if you, were, if you were actually stealing food... Sure. If you were stealing groceries and you're like, I need, you know, I need food, I can't afford the food, I'd be like, okay... Yeah. I don't agree, but at least I can understand that this is something that obviously is important to a family and sure. and like feeding your kids. But you stealing like three Gucci bags or whatever, or you know stealing Converse shoes or stealing Playstations, 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I that's not um, that's just that's not a necessity because that's just that's just to flip, you know, on eBay or something, you know. Like, yeah, that's and, that's why they're doing that. And I'm yeah, and, and, and you know what? You go oh, but it's to get the money to buy food. Well, then just steal the food then. If you yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. If you're gonna be stealing and robbing, why are you you then why are you taking the long way around? Yeah, and it's so because it's so you're not you're either stealing for yourself or it's to make money to put in your pocket. It's got nothing to do with feeding your belly or feeding your family or 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 whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's garbage, man. Like I mean, look, it's it's weird to me that I didn't know that that was a thing. That but people were not getting if they're not going to get charged. I don't I don't understand. Like again, if there's no consequences, why would they stop? Well, that's if you true. Say, no, people need to stop stealing. Well, if they're not getting prosecuted. Why would yeah. what, what's the incentive to stop? Well, that's the whole reason we have a legal system and a, and a police force. It's a lot of it says that, look, yes, it it obviously is there to actually wipe out crime, but but it's also a, a deterrent. Like the fact that there is a legal system, that's what prevents some people who might be close to the edge from going and doing horrendous shit because they know that there's a a consequence. You get some people who wouldn't who, who would try to obey the basic laws, but if if we were in a lawless society crime would definitely be way up. You know, criminal behaviour would be way up. If the police force basically said... Well, dude, it would be like living in the Wild West again. It would, yeah. You could be on your farm fucking doing your cattle and some fucking guys, you know, mosey on up and, like, fucking shoot you dead and, you know, take your shit and all that. Like, that was what we'd be living in if we didn't have... You know, and the only reason they got away with that is because, obviously, the law couldn't get you. It's not like there weren't laws. Yeah. It's just that... The, no one could stop you from doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, a long way out. You, exactly. So, yeah, and that was when there's laws in place. It's mm. just that it was easy and convenient. Yeah, imagine now where we're all living on top of each other, all living in big cities. Mm. If we if we aren't having laws um, sure. to stop people from stealing and, you know, like... Yeah. So then, you know, and it's one of those, like, where does it stop then? Where do you draw the line? So then you turn and say, oh, well, we won't be prosecuting this sort of thing. Okay, then what's the next thing you're not going to prosecute? Sure. Like, yeah. And what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And then before we get in, we're like, are there going to be any laws? Well, put it this way. Are we going to something enforce super, anything? Something super basic. Road laws. Now, I, I do think a lot of the road rules in Australia are revenue raising. But if you took away all the laws, any consequence, the uh, deaths and car accidents would skyrocket. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and that's saying I believe definitely that a lot of the stuff is pure revenue raising like the double the doubling of the penalties and stuff it's revenue raising but if you took away all the laws and it was just like every man for himself out there it would be mad fucking max before you know it like it would it would devolve mm-hmm. it would take probably a week to devolve it would be that because you always have that fringe that are just waiting for that but then you get your average Joes who are like well fuck this you know I'm going to take a few more chances and, and road deaths would would increase quite substantially so yeah you look i don't mean to sound like judge red but like basically unfortunately with humans um yeah they're inclined to, towards trying to take advantage of shit like a, a large percentage are and if there's no deterrent they will they will and it would end with cities burning that's how it would end yeah. you know like well, I'm, I'm not you know i mean obviously no one is advocating for like fascism or anything like that but you do need to force people to live in a society. Sure. You know what I mean? You can't... You, you, yes, would it be nice to say, yeah, there's no laws, everyone will just, should just do the right thing. Yeah. But they don't. 
and so you have to have laws that force people to behave themselves. Well, think of a, all the communes and stuff where I look in in my heart it is a nice idea, but unfortunately, even in like a commune situation, someone's paying the bills. You know what I mean? Like the money's coming from somewhere. Like at a certain point, there are bills for living. Like no one's even if you're off the grid completely. There's something happening, and there's a power structure inside those places, and there's generally, you know, a, a guy or a couple or whatever in charge. In general, there's a there's a power structure, so they would have, you know, even if it's very loose, they would have some system in place. And we saw it in the fake city of Chaz. Remember that, like when they kicked all the cops out, and then you had the guys walking around with fucking batons, you know, administering yeah. their version of justice. Well. In a strange, savage way, they're kind of like sheriffs in their stupid little fake city, you know. Where yeah, but that's what you know. I've always said. Um, the, the The people who, the people who advocate for that sort of stuff, mm. it's not that they want to dismantle the power system. Mm. They want to create their own power system. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So when you say, "Oh, we want to," well, guess what? If you get your way then you will have to establish a power system. Yeah, if I set up a community tomorrow and I was paying the bills for that, inevitably I'm going to be carrying a lot more weight than some average, like, fucking homeless guy who turns up for a handout. You know what I mean? Who's subservient to me, who's getting the food from the crops, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a power structure in place automatically. And... There has to be, um, you know, it's it's a natural consequence. Uh, I think it would be interesting to look at si- uh, what, what, not societies, but like little communes and see how they progressed and stuff. Like, but there, maybe there's some good examples there. Um, you know, you yeah, know, but, but all those communes and all that crap and, and stuff, there's always someone who's the leader. Yeah, yeah, in my, in my experience, yeah, I'm sure there's always someone who's in charge mm. or. Uh, a, a, a committee or whatever you want to call it but sure. that's still someone in charge there's a power structure yeah it's still a pyramid there's a pyramid man there is a pyramid maybe they're they're worshipping dark gods at the altar as well that's the other flip side of those cults you know like the again, I can't think of anything I can't think of anything where every single person is equal I, I can think in, of in, in places that say that like the United States would say that the no, Russia I, I'm sure people claim that but I'm yeah. saying yeah there is no such thing. No, There's, definitely. In, yeah. in any system you can name, it's a pyramid. There's always yeah. someone or some peoples at the top sure. who have the most power. Um, well, it's, it's like Animal Farm, dude. It's like George Orwell was all hot and heavy, from what I understand, into communism. And then he saw what happened after the Russian Revolution and Animal Farm is a direct satire on not just the communists, like who overthrew you know, the, the Tsar and all that, and then they became the sort of like little dictators themselves but just of that system in general like animal farm is a perfect analogy for that like i think if you want to look at exactly what we're talking about and like go and read that and i think it's staggeringly good i think it's better than 1984 as a book actually because i think it's it's more direct 1984 is a little bit more advanced but animal farm is brilliant you know, it's exactly what we're talking about. And I, and I honestly think a, a lot of people agree with this, Rich. I don't, I don't. But you know, it's another good example, which I'm reminded of because of, uh, well, not because of the Napoleon movie, but it reminded me watching the Napoleon movie, is the French are a perfect example of... French Revolution. Of no system is perfect because 
the French have revolted so many times. Yeah. And every time they've put in a new power structure, a new hierarchy, they've ended up being unhappy with it and fucking rioted again and yeah. and, and you know what I mean? Yeah. They've they've had queens and kings, they've had emperors, they've had government, you know what I mean? They've had um uh, uh, uh what do you call it? Um a committee, you know what I mean? Um Yeah. But they've but they've become they all became disillusioned with them like sure. at some point in time because there is no such thing this is what i try and tell people who go like this is you know capitalism evil i go listen doesn't matter there's no better um system every system is flawed some are more flawed than others but there's no such thing hmm. as a perfect system it just does not exist unfortunately yeah I, look uh, unfortunately uh, you know uh, the thing as well is um that like in theory a lot of systems are good. Like, it's like the theory, the theory of democracy is fantastic. The reality of democracy and how it's become so corporatized, it's it's corrupt. But communisms, I would suggest, in theory, some people would say it's a brilliant idea. But then you look at the the countries that have embraced it and it's a fucking terrible story. It's worse than democracy in terms of governance of people and the consequences of it like yeah you're right like what fascism um is very good to those people in power and but there's generally a very subjugated element in those civilizations and you know they're inherently fucking crazy so i don't think we've ever seen it as as i like to say the problem with communism is to make everyone equal you have to force people to stay equal yeah, and also the power brokers aren't equal. They're above it all. No, know? no, no. Uh, but I'm saying, like, okay, so let's say you want everyone to be equal, right? But that mm. means you have to have someone in charge who is keeping everyone equal. Yeah, they're taking your money to give to me. To be equal. Yeah, yeah. Because, unfortunately, as human beings, some of us will just always naturally rise. Sure, sure. It's, you know, some people just work harder. You know, some people are driven more, whatever, yeah. whatever. And... Uh, and usually those people will start rising, you know what I mean? Or yeah. they've got the potential to rise. But if you want to keep everyone even, yeah. well, you have to keep pushing those people down. You yeah. have to stop them from achieving more and whatever. And again, that's going to lead to, you know, and uh, no one wants to be forced down. Mm. Yeah, if you're lazy and you don't want to do anything, you're happy that everyone yeah. has been forced down to stay on your level and keep you equal. But if you're the person who's like, but I want to achieve more, I want to do more, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm going to do more. And you're being forced to keep getting squashed down I mean how is that a good system yeah I don't know like it's 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 crazy and like you I think communist Russia is a good example I mean it probably started with the very best of intentions but it quickly descended into power broking and secret police and etc while I am pro-capitalist I'm obviously I'm not saying that capitalism is is perfect and I'm not saying there isn't things that can be improved and things that just unfortunately naturally lend themselves to a negative connotation. But at least capitalism is more in tune with our humanity. Where if you're lazy and don't want to do anything, you don't get anything. And if you are driven and you want to make something, you want to build something, Mm. you are rewarded for that. Do you know what I mean? Like Uh. it's not perfect, but at least it, it rewards the, um, the people that want to achieve, that want to do more and, and achieve more than, like, say, communism would. Yeah. So I just would prefer something that rewarded people. Well, now, again, yeah. 
I'm not saying it's perfect. Mm. I'm just saying I think it's just better f if people get rewarded for wanting to achieve more than being punished for wanting to achieve more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd be happy if they would. Uh, like, I'm I'm all for things like health, better health care. Like, I, I, th I, I honestly think that, um, like, democracy here in the States and here, it's okay, but it, it's definitely a case of have and have nots. And by the same token, like, I think there's more they could do, like, in terms of um, social support, but I also think they could make people who just want to take the government handouts, make them work for it. You know what I mean? Like, there's things you could do. Um, so you could improve the social system, but you could also el eliminate a lot of the rubbish, you know, from just taking handouts. But it's not perfect. And the problem, the problem with democracy as well, in, in my experience, the governments change. And they flip and they change and they play the blame game and they have trouble sticking to I policies. Mean, you know? I've always thought, because um, I've, I've never been without a job for too long, sure. I've always thought that... Um, you should not be allowed to be on sort of um, government support for more than two years. I agree. Because okay. if you if you're telling me that you cannot find a job in two years, then you're then you're a lost cause, and yeah, you need to go figure something out because we're not paying. You know what I mean? We're I would not... say the only caveat to that is if they've got medical issues that are no, no, diagnosable. Not, again, I'm not talking about welfare stuff, as in mm. like if you've got uh, disabilities. I'm not talking about like if you are a single sure. sort of mother and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you. There's nothing wrong with you getting a job. Sure. You're able, yeah, you're capable. Agree. You've got two years, right? You can go on to the, the um, unemployment, but you've only got two years. And if you cannot find a job in that two years, tough luck. I, I actually, I agree with you. And I think two years is plenty for that. I think oh, it's more than that. I, I I'm think, actually being quite generous. I think you are. I, I'm a big believer in those people should be put to work either building roads or in the army, you know? I, I, really, I really believe they should be in the armed forces or they should be um, essentially paid but but building infrastructure and roads and stuff at, like, a minimum wage level and maybe that'll encourage them to get a proper fucking job. That's just my opinion. I, I'm not saying it's perfect, but as opposed to just letting people fucking lay around, like, really? And we're paying for it all? When it, and... By the way, I am advocating for better social services um, for a lot of elements of the community that I think we could do a lot more for. So it's not that I'm 100% hardline, but the people you're saying who just sit around and take government money and just hand out and are just happy doing that, that are costing the country a fucking fortune, um, yeah, well, guess what? Guess what if they were told you've got to go and fight in the army, you know? And you know these days, Rich, mm -hmm. and these days, by the way, there's plenty of little conflicts that, that show up where Australian forces are there in some... If you were like, oh, you could go over to Iraq. Yeah, good luck. You know, through basic training, and, and then suddenly it becomes a lot less... Um, you might start thinking about taking that fucking role in the bank, you know, or working at the post office or wherever the fuck you're, you know, whatever. But just, 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 just my opinions, man. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think we're, we're I think we're pretty much on the same page. And, and Rich, I will say, I think you're being generous with two years. You know. Um, yeah, again, I'm being generous. You know, because maybe you have a specific skill mm. set, and it might be a bit harder. But I, I think two years is plenty. Is more than enough. And if you cannot find the job in that field in that two years, then you've got to take whatever you can. I'm afraid. Like also, time's up. Also, in, in Australia, at least, a lot of areas. Uh, are struggling to get like regional support so it's almost like 
do you know what I mean? Sometimes I think people need to move to find the work, you know? Um, I don't know. It's just that's another thing. And, like, you hear about, I uh, like, I assume in the US they've got huge drug problems, but you hear in Australia that a lot of small towns, like country towns, are totally in the grip of, like, ice, the epidemic, like methamphetamines and stuff. Like, the, the, the fucking, the, the, the teenagers and the people in their 20s and 30s, there's a really high addiction level to this crazy shit which I can't fucking believe you can't wipe out in a small town. You know what I mean? Like, that, that doesn't seem like it would take Sherlock Holmes to work that one out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, in a huge city, I understand it's harder, but in a small town, there's going to be a supplier. There's going to be dealers. Like, it's not going to be that hard for the police with a bit of research to, to work it out and get people off the basically the drugs you know the hardcore meta like there's nothing good about being a metaphetamines i'm sorry it's not healthy it's a terrible fucking lifestyle choice you know i don't care who you are i don't care how much money you've got but when i hear these people on poverty or skid row are also on fucking like metaphetamines heroin and whatever i'm like really Like, like i'm just like firstly where do they get the cash but you can see how it dovetails into crime and stuff because of course they need you know, money for their stupid drugs. Well, that that problem can be abolished. You know, like I, I when I heard that, that, apparently there's massive amounts of country towns where that's the biggest problem that they're facing with all the young people. Not all the young people, but a substantial percentage of young people are addicted to these drugs, man, and it's wiping them out. And of course, it's a it's a future killer. You know, like it it kills your future. It's 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 awful. So, but, I think, but you know what also doesn't help is that I think we've lost um, we've lost too many um, uh, what's the right term um, um, not services but like um, community stuff. So as we become more digital and online, I feel like there's not that many places for for kids to go to just sure. like. Um, go and do things, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like kids are at risk or whatever, you know, just go play some basketball or, sure. you know, like the Boy Scouts or whatever, whatever. Like, we've become, we've become such a digital society mm. that, you know, more and more kids are just, like, spending their time online, mm. but there's no place that they can go to and, I would like, say, what about, I, I think one of the best things for kids, uh, look, I know a lot of times they would go down the youth centers and stuff, but, like, um, sports, I think so. Like, yeah, but even, yeah. like oh, you, that's what I'm talking about. Even a lot of those youth centers, they're just not around anymore. Yeah. A lot of them are closed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. And again, if you only had one of those in, in a lot of those country sort of places and then they mm. close down or they go into disrepair or something, then those kids have lost the only. And that's a shame. That's, see, but see, like, I, to me, that's there. fixable. To me, that is fixable at a local level. Like, it requires yeah, funding it is, and stuff. But, you know, but, oh, God. So many people today. It's, I don't know, it's what? such a shame to me that, that one thing I hate about politics um, is, you know, we always believe that people who, you know, a lot of people that got into politics, I assume they wanted to make a difference. Sure. A, a majority of them. But then it just becomes about, oh, I've got to get reelected. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? And then once it becomes, oh, I need to get reelected then that's when you start making compromise and you don't want to do things that will kick a hornet's nest or whatever. Or, you know, I don't want people to get upset that I'm spending money or something. But it's like, but you, but I would assume that that's not why you wanted to get into politics. You didn't, 
you didn't want to get into politics to get reelected. You got into politics because you wanted to do right. Or yeah, but I, I think that's the trap for the man. I think as, I think as soon as they're in the system, I think a lot of them are looking to enrich themselves and get reelected, and are looking at their supers and stuff. You know, and they and they're playing the popular game. You know, um, I actually like certain agitators at times who aren't playing that game so much, and even them, they're trying to get reelected, but ones who are trying to make sort of more progressive changes at times on a social level, I admire them for it because it's not the easiest way. I think a lot of them are happy to sit on the bench, man, and just go with the popular tide. You know what I mean? If they were told to march off a fucking cliff or sacrifice 20 virgins to a, you know to get re-elected, they probably would. You know, honestly, even though I'll never admit it, I, I think there's a lot of them who just do that. Like, it's not like... It, not all of them, but I think, that unfortunately, in modern-day politics, you know, in, in modern-day, like, Australia and US, there's plenty like that, I think, you know? And, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But that thing about small country towns under the grip of ice, what the fuck are the police doing, you know? You can't tell me... If, you, if I'm a policeman there, I'm like, well, we're going to clean this fucking shit up. I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to go after the dealers, man. You, you, you could trace it pretty easily. Like, these fucking addicts break easily, Rich. You know what I mean? Mm. You could trace the supply lines. I, like, they obviously don't want to do it. They're scared of it or whatever. Potentially, they don't have the resources. Well, get the fucking resources and go in hard and clean your town up. Like, I, I honestly can't believe it. It's, b- it's bizarre to me that, that a police person could stand there um, in their, you know, fucking police station and not think, we're a small town. We've probably got, like, some of these people don't even have 10,000 people in the town. Like, it's not going to be that hard to, to work out where's the drugs coming from, who are the addicts, flip a few addicts, find the supply chain, wipe it out, prosecute, you know, arrest, et cetera, et cetera, clean up the streets. You know, um, yeah, it would be take some time, but rather that than just the whole town goes to seed, you know what I mean, and the crimes go up and... Property value goes down, blah, 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 and the town could potentially die, all because you didn't do anything, you know? Anyway, whatever, man. Fuck it, whatever. Um, looks like Xbox is getting an exclusive Blade game. This was your news, Rich. What's going on? Yeah, well, um, they dropped a, a trailer dropped, um, uh, and everyone was getting super excited. Then right at the end, it said at the bottom, Arcane Studios Bethesda. Bethesda? Okay. So, obviously, that's companies that are now owned by Xbox. Yeah, right. So, obviously, it didn't say Xbox or PlayStation or PC, whatever. It was just Blade, Arcade Studios, Bethesda. And, and what was, was like, the trailer mm. like? Was it was it super detailed? Did it have release no, dates? No, it was just a sort of a CG mm. trailer with some really... I'm sorry, I'm really going to show how like I'm, I'm getting old and crotchety now. Really bad music. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm guessing like, rap. Whatever the fucking new hip-hop fucking R&B yeah. um, music is now, whatever it is now, I just, I go, I don't get it. Doesn't, it's awful. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's like nails on the chalkboard to my ears. Would it, would it be like an open world game, Rich? Like, how, how I'd be interested in, you know, kind of what, we're trying to get more information about this game, this Blade game. Is it going to be like an Arkham Knight kind of thing? I would imagine it must be something like that. It's got to be something where you, you, you obviously go around and you're just killing vampires and you know i'm sure i mean blake i mean if, if, if you're going to base off the wesley snipes you've got to go, he's got the car and yeah, everything yeah. like that so whistler you know and you've got the cool gadgets and shit and all that so um 
Right. Um, right on. Know, I, I'm hoping that at the very least it's like an Arkham Asylum game. Always bet on black. Where it's a bit smaller, but, you know, it's very deep and rich and... I hope so. Uh, a lot of gameplay and all that sort of stuff. But I, not everything has to be open world. Like, sure. um, was that, I think that sometimes... Hey, was that shot directed game. at me? Was that shot directed at me? <laughs> no, but a lot of studios today, for some reason, just want to make open world games instead of just making maybe a smaller narrative sure. uh, driven game because again Arkham did well because they first set it up with Arkham Asylum do you know what I mean they yeah. had a tight story everyone loved the combat and then they expanded it to a bigger mm. open you know what I mean to Arkham a, Knight a, a bigger open Arkham world City sort of the, the Arkham City and all that and then they made it even bigger with, but but you, but they started smaller sure to 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 fine-tune it to you know give you an experience first yeah sometimes i think they too quickly rush to like oh we're going to make it open world and it's like okay but it doesn't need to be open world and now i feel like yeah. there's a lot more tacked on stuff and all that sort of crap and all that. so again i would prefer i don't know what they're making but personally i prefer give me a really cool blade game where i get to with really fun combat mm. And, and I'll be happy even if it's not like a big massive. Will, will it have other heroes in it? I wonder. Like, would it just be Blade? Would it Again, be... it's just called Blade. I mean, I would. Wonder. I, I, I would hope maybe that um, I guess it only it's... has characters that are Blade centric, connected to Blade, and not like I don't want Iron Man rocking up or like Captain America. I tell you who I would wouldn't mind turning up: the Rider, Ghost Rider. Yes, I know you want the Rider to show up in everything. <laughs> <laughs> just came up to me then. I was like, I was, at first I was like Hannibal King, but then I suddenly thought, Morbid Time will show up. Morbid Time. Um, yeah, maybe the writer will show up. Wowee, in a cameo. Blaze. Or Danny Ketch. That'd be awesome. Um, well, well, keep your eyes fucking glued to that, man, because you're the one with the Xbox, man, the, the new Xbox. You've got that. So I, I will potentially get one, um, actually, uh, at some point. Uh, right now, there's no crushing need. Um, the only game so far was Starfield, which you kind of gave a sort of so-so review to. You kind of gave it a 7 out of 10, didn't you, Starfield? Uh, yeah, I think 7 out of 10 was my score here. Yeah, then that's not blowing me away. Um, look, I've got enough on my plate games-wise, but I could see myself picking up one of those Xboxes at some point. Um, if the Blade game's good, that would probably be enough to push me over the edge. Now, Doctor Who. Um, now I think we, I think there's been two specials since our last show. There's definitely the, the special three. Um, the second special I thought was an improvement on the first one. Um, and I said to Michelle, I'm, I'm enjoying this one much more. Was it the second special, the one where it was Donna and, uh, the doctor at the edge of space? Did, did you watch that one, Rich? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Look, I thought it was a decent Doctor Who episode. Um, maybe not worthy of being a special in itself, but I thought it was decent. Special yeah. three. I'm still getting. Um, I'm still getting annoyed with people mm. uh, telling the Doctor what he's supposed to be. Sure. What do you mean? Um, well, obviously, so um, the, it starts off with them uh, uh, visiting, accidentally visiting a race swapped uh, Isaac Newton. Oh yeah, so that's Isaac right. Newton. Yes. And yep. then, uh, for some reason, when they get back, Donna's like, is it just me, or is Isaac Newton really hot? And then the doctor's like, yeah, yeah, he was really, really hot. Ooh, is that who I am now? Right, oh, so yeah. Not being too far from the surface, mate. And it's like, 
Mm. I'm fucking getting tired of people telling the doctor mm. what he's supposed to be and that he doesn't know who he is. Like, sure. do you know what I mean? Like, the do- yeah. like, we, like, what do you mean? Like, Alicia, in, Alicia in terms of his sexuality or something? Is that what you mean? The, the, the Eccleston stuff again, right? Because she never, yeah. she only really started watching sort of roundabout Tenant. And yes. then she dropped off around about Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wants to she wants to go back and, and watch the Eccleston all that. Mm. And one thing I, I noticed with the Eccleston stuff is he doesn't doesn't like have like an atypical sexuality, right? Mm. So yes, he's all like um, but flirty with like the girls and all that. But then he also doesn't mind being a bit flirty with Captain he, Jack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Because again, the doctor is beyond, mm. you know, uh, sexuality and gender norms and all that sort of shit, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't. But you don't need to do this like hammering in mm. about like, oh, now this is his sexuality. He doesn't need to have a sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's not, you know, because even like Capaldi in one of the episodes, when I think when he's talking to Bill, mm. he's like, he says to her we're beyond your fucking yeah. small-minded uh, gender norms and... Sure. And by, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, yeah. I'm just I, I it, yeah. sick and tired of this, like, people trying to tell the doctor what he's supposed to be now or what he should be now or... It's very small-time stuff, isn't it? It's super small-time to me. It's just... But it's so unnecessary because we didn't even we didn't even need to be told that. Yeah, in, I, I, in the earlier stuff, we just accepted it. They're for just what going it was. for some laughs, though, man. I don't really think it's that deep. Like, it's yeah, just. I'll say, I'll say this because remember, I said last week when they when I said they they didn't think it through about making the trans character sure. um, uh, have the doctor's power, meaning that. Oh yeah. What you said here, people are trying to argue that oh he's always been like bi or whatever or uh-huh. found men attractive. I go okay, but. When he says the line, oh, is that who I am now? Right. What you are saying is he's never been by before. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't care. But I, but I thought that... I, 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 mean, I must admit, I, I thought for many years, I wonder why they hadn't made the Doctor of a female. But when they did, and then he switches back to male, I, I, I mean, to me, it's worthy of a, you know, it's worthy of a... A, a, a no, joke or a comment or something. You, listen, Donna could say, "Oh, wasn't so Isaac Newton hot?" And the doctor would be like, "Yeah, he was actually." Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I finish. Plus, you don't have to do him going, "Oh, oh, is that who I am now?" I know, dude, like, but it's, it's just it's just like light comedy. I'm not, I didn't love it either, but like it's, it's just comedy, man. This is for a guy that like wrote Doctor Who for can fucking. I, can I ask a question that, that I did? And I'm sorry if I sound like the old complaining man. Why was Isaac Newton like black or Asian or whatever? Like they just race walked him. They felt like it. See, I I must admit, I think that's bullshit. Honestly, I really do. I because I, I, not because I'm racist. Because I just think, but he wasn't. <laughs> like you know, but you know what pisses me off? Do you know how cool it is when they go and find an actor that actually looks like right. the historical person? Do you remember when they? Um, uh, when when they uh, they have the episode with uh, Van Gogh, yes, that was a great episode. They got an actor that looked eerily like that him. was a great episode. That's one of my favorite episodes, actually. That is far better than you just going uh, fuck it. We'll just slap some British Indian guy in it or whatever. And it's like that's so fucking lazy. 
Uh, Are you telling me that you couldn't? We have paintings uh, of Sir Isaac Newton. Are you telling me yeah. you couldn't even be fucking bothered to try and get an actor that looks yeah, somewhat I, like, like him? I just feel that's where they're trying. And unfortunately, Davies does it a bit. They're shooting for very token little points that are just stupid. Like, because I, I honestly, like, it's like they're checking lists and it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't worry me much at all, but it's just an, it's just silly. It's just dumb. It's like, well, Isaac Newton wasn't that of that of that race. So why are we doing that? Like, why? Just so that the fucking Disney and and you know whatever his name is, Davies can feel better about themselves. There's a number that you've got I, to hit. I know, and but but I couldn't care less if they've got like um, oh, you know people of color. You know, you know how they had to do it. I kid you not. You're gonna. It's gonna sound like I'm joking. So in this whole episode, there's literally just the Doctor and Donna. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. So they had to put someone of color in, otherwise there wouldn't be a single person of color in this episode. But who cares? They care. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They care. They're like, oh my god. Oh, they're playing two parts. Uh, I just realized uh, something. We don't. We, we don't have anyone. So let and and, and let's just have them randomly. Show up with Sir Isaac Newton for no need at all. It well, doesn't tie. I, I think that the, the I I think that the Mavity thing may come back at some point. You know, um, I wouldn't we'll see. I think that was just a joke. It, I think it is a joke, but I think I it's think a joke that, that, that a joke, and so that they could have someone of color in the episode. Maybe, uh, and, 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 and I don't mean to. I don't really care. Other than like, if they were in a parallel universe and there was that, zero issues with me at all. Couldn't give a fuck. But the fact that they just did that, I was just like, really? Like, I, I didn't understand that at all. I thought that was a bit silly. But, you know, what do I know, Rich? Just a racist white guy. You know, like... Here's something, here's something that really did bother me. I mean, forget about all this, like, sure. gender crap and, and race swapping. That's just fucking normal bothering me. Mm. Um, why... So Donna gave up the, the, the Time Lord power, right? Yeah, in a very Ill, badly described scene, but yes. But, but she gave it up, right? Yes. So why is she smarter than the Doctor? I don't know. Like, it seems like Donna's got an intelligence upgrade. Right? Yeah. The Doctor got fooled by the the fake Donna. Yeah. But the fake Donna didn't get fooled by the... Um, oh, no, he did He did realise that he, he said no, it. He came in to hug her, and that's when she started laughing and melting and said, sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it up. Right. He actually went to go hug her, but Donna was the one who was like, "Where's your time, mate? You tired of spit? I've been yeah, noticing. I'm true. very observant. I'm like, since fucking when, Donna? You're a dumb shit. I don't even yeah. sound nasty, but yeah. without the time or power, yeah. you're the dumb shit in this group." Look, Donna, I noticed in the third special, suddenly had an intelligence upgrade, where she apparently she was the fastest person who could type in London. I was like, okay, really? All right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's this weird. As I said, uh, we're rewatching the Doctor now because obviously, um, you know, Eccleston's my favourite. So I'm happy to rewatch it, and she's never watched it before. And fuck me, I, mm. I've seen it like seventy-two times, mm. but I still love it and enjoy it. And sure. do you know what I mean? And I, I like, um, you know, the I, I like Rose. I like him, and I and I like Tennant when he shows up as well. I did yeah, enjoy Tennant great. when he showed up. Yeah. But it was such more of a like a give and take. The doctor wasn't unnecessarily made to look like a fool or an idiot. Mm. Um, 
Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, they've certainly sure. given the companions more of a voice. They've given the companions more of a voice in recent years. Sometimes but to the detriment. It seems like they lecture in him. Yeah. Now. Or her. Never. Like, I, and I'm like, yeah. Hmm. Well, I will say this. I, I liked that episode. I, I thought it was an improvement on the first episode, the second special. I, I did like the actual episode, the conceit of it. I thought it was well done. Uh, yeah, I, can I say yeah. this? Yes. But still not good enough to be a three-issue, uh, three-episode, 60th yes. anniversary special. But then special. we come to the, the so third mold. special. We come to the third I special. It, well, do you mind some spoilers? While I, do you care? Sure. Yeah. Hey, when did it come out? I thought they were coming out once a week. We watched it today. I think it came out today. We watched it before the show. Uh, we it's, don't normally do this on a Sunday. It's yes. excellent. It's an excellent. Uh, well, new- it's got, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris as the Celestial Toymaker. Dude, it is really good, uh, actually. And and actually, I I gave it an 8.5 and so did Michelle. I really enjoyed this one. Now, I won't bore you with the ins and outs of the storyline. It's wacky, crazy shit with the Celestial Toymaker. It's intense. It's cool. But there's a big twist at the end. Do you really care if I give you the twist? Because I think you'll enjoy it. Go ahead. I won't tell Alicia. Don't tell Alicia. Um, okay, so at the end of... Well, not at the end. It, it, towards the end of the episode, basically the Celestial Toymaker and the Doctor are one all in the games they play. And basically it's like playing a game with a devil. Like, you know, a card game with a devil. Like, win it, take all. So essentially they're one all because the Doctor won years ago, in, back as the first Doctor, and then Celestial Toymaker wins one. So they're one all. They're going for the the title, like it's all of reality is at stake. And the social tour maker shoots the doctor with this massive laser. He regenerates into the black guy, but it's a split regeneration, a by regeneration. So he's, he's the doctor. Tenant is still the doctor, but the black guy is also the doctor and blah, blah, blah. And essentially the, the new series will follow the black guy, but Tenant is still the doctor and he's sort of vacationing, with um, Donna, and they even split the TARDISes, so they've both got TARDISes and everything. Essentially, it's so the Tenant uh, and potentially Donna can do future specials and stuff, because I think he wants to stay involved without it having to be, you know, um, like a special event. Like, the the, the belief wow. is... Yeah, so they, they apparently that was, that was the rumour that came out this week, and when I say rumour, it was kind of confirmed that that was what it was going to be. I didn't tell Michelle this. In fact, I'd almost forgotten it myself. And then it happened, and it's, that's exactly what it is. As in, the black guy, who seems fine, by the way, um, oh, no. is going to be the new Doctor. Doesn't have a companion yet, and Tennant... I know he's getting a little blonde girl. Okay, yeah. But he hasn't got her at this point. Like he's only. This is the very end of the episode. Anyway, the the episode itself is, is fantastic. And I liked it. I liked the what they did, because I always felt that's what they should have done with Tom Baker, who, him and Tennant are the two most popular Doctors. Like, when you poll people, it's Tom Baker and David Tennant. They're the two that return in the polls again and again and again. Tennant's the modern incarnation. He's obviously keen to be the Doctor. Like, they get him back, you know, he's come back a few times. So, I like it. I think it's good. I also Mm. think it sets up story potentials. Um, I do not have a problem with it. I think it's really cool. Um... Also, Russell D. Davies was saying this is the episode that goes, that takes away from hard sci-fi into more fantasy. Dude, it's no more fantasy or than a many a Doctor episode. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually, I, I felt a really, really good episode. Um, give me your thoughts mm. on what you think about that split at the end, because that's literally what happens. Sounds awful. Don't like it? Why? No. 
Well, I just think it's a hedge your bets. To me, yeah, it's to me, it's saying um, we don't have any faith and we need a backup because we are potentially going to fuck things up. So we need a, um, <laughs> we, you know what I mean? We need to keep Tennant in the back pocket for when we're never. But I think they do. Up. I mean, they know Tennant's a big star. They know that he's popular. He can't do it. He can't with his schedule. He can't do it year after year. But why not keep him in the back pocket? Yeah, because that's just not. Um, I like just not Doctor Who, man. Dude, I like it. I like it, man. I, I thought. I always felt with Tom Baker, there was this big thing about um, uh, the Dark Dimension. So in the nineties, after Doctor Who got cancelled, in about ninety six. Or, or maybe a tiny bit earlier. There was a, there was a really well. There was it was more than a rumor. There was a there was a project that that kind of got half greenlit at the BBC to do Tom Baker as an unregenerated fourth Doctor in the Dark Dimension, where things are a bit darker. He's obviously older, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It did have cameos from like at least Peter Davison. It never really got off the ground, but it was certainly very much. Um, you know, they really the BBC almost did it, and it got cancelled just prior to production starting. So, I love that idea because they went back. Look, clearly the Doctor Who franchise at that point was in the absolute pits, and they went back to the original guy. That and obviously they offered him a fair chunk of cash and this and that, and he was like, "Yeah, okay." Um, I like this one though because it is actually done well. Like to be honest, and. I don't know, like, why not, like, have, like, Sean Connery came back as James Bond, you know, like, why not, like, he's, he, Tennant's, yeah, got, and it was terrible, and he was too old, <laughs> but, but Tennant's not too old, and he's a big star, it's not like he's washed up, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Tennant looks like he's been doing drugs, man, oh, he's all right, he's just thin, man, he's always been thin, yeah, but he's not just thin, he's, he looks haggard, man, mm. he looks, he, I don't know, like, well, I, I don't know what he's on in his personal life or whatever, but he, he does not look. He, he's like, got a thin um, face. He's got a thin face. He always. But not just when the skin is looking like um, loose, like you know when someone's unwell and they've yeah. lost like rapid weight, and so they sort of have like that loose sort of skin because they lost the weight so fast. Like you sure. know, the skin didn't have sort of time to sort of yeah sort of tighten. That's what he looks like. He just looks like someone who is. Well, we lost a lot of weight you know, suddenly. Watch season three. I mean, I've never seen David Tennant ever as overweight. So, I mean, I think he's naturally a bit gaunt. He certainly is a bit gaunt, but I don't see that as anything unusual for him. Um, watch season three. Watch episode three. Come back to me in the I next show. I it just because it's got um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris in it. And he's really he's, good. In it. He's like, fantastic. He's a, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed him in the Netflix um a version of um, a series of uh, unfortunate events. He was okay. absolutely fantastic in that. So no, I'm I'm a big Neil, and that's why I said the only one I was really interested in was the episode that he was in. Okay, but um, I'm telling you right now, I don't care how they've handled it. I'm not a fan, and no, will not ever be a fan of two doctors running around at okay. the same time. But they've had multiple Doctor storylines before, by the way. There's been no. That's just a crossover of different. Periods yeah, of like time. the three doctors, Not the five doctors, two doctors running around who are from the same no, point true. in time. No, that's true. They haven't done that, and and um, they've done close to that with Tennant though. Like Tennant split off before in another dimension 
with um, Rose. There's a dimension where he's... When he split off, that was a... Uh, that was his hand that grew, but that version wasn't actually a Time Lord. He no. was just human. True. true, true. That is true. Anyway, we will see how it goes. I'm excited for the future. Uh, the black guy seems okay. Uh, he's a bit cheesy, um, but that's okay. I, I don't hate that in a doctor. Um, seemed all right to me. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you were saying something along the lines of they're launching into season one again on, on Disney. Were you saying that, Rich? They are, yeah, they're calling it... Um, so when it, when it uh, restarts on Disney+, mm-hmm. Plus, mm-hmm. it's not going to be series... Yeah, whatever, 15 or 16 whatever. Yeah. or whatever it's supposed to be. It's going to be season one. Okay. Well, Now, I'm a little bit annoyed by that because I feel like the whole reason... So, the original Doctors were called Seasons. Mm-hmm. And when they re-sort of launched it, they changed it to Series, uh-huh. which I liked because it was a good separation. Uh-huh. Because then you knew, okay, if you were talking about Doctor Who Series 1, Series 2, that you were talking about the new Doctors. And if you were talking about Doctor Who Season 1, Season 2, sure. you talking about the old stuff. But now, if you're going to go back to Season 1, now you're going to have the third yeah. version, whatever, and now you're going to have two season ones, two season two. It's two a little threes. Marvel Comics, isn't it, where they just renumber all the time. It's just going to be a bit too, uh, in my opinion, I think it's going to be too sort of um, convoluted and having two different... But you know um, the primary reason why they're doing that is because they've course, got the broadcasting they rights. So they have the definitive... Well, the broadcasting um, rights for Disney Plus are all from this new one, so that they, they don't have yeah. the original... Um, they don't have any of the other stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Max has it. Um, in the US, they have... Dude, yeah. everyone's got the, 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 the Doctor Who um, from Eccleston. Like, yeah. Binge has got it, Prime has got it, yeah. Stan has got it, yeah. um, everyone's got it. Yeah. No one has the fucking original stuff, though. Yeah. For some reason, Which it's called Brickbox. Yeah, it's off Brickbox, um, and yeah. Now it's, now it's nowhere. Now, now you have to buy it because no one is streaming it. You anywhere. would think that that may eventually wind up at Disney+, Plus. I would think. You know, that maybe that... I'd like to wind up somewhere because I would really like to watch it. Yeah, well, you can download it all. Like, yeah. I've, I've got... No, I, was, I was watching it. We, we, we got through most of the original mm. Doctor and then they fucking, you know, then obviously we, we got sidetracked doing other stuff and watching other stuff. Sure. And then when I wanted to go back to it, it was gone. Well, you can download it all, Rich. It's all available online. I've got it all. Well, no, I haven't got it all. I've got big chunks of it, you know? Yeah, but wouldn't it be so much nice to have the entire fucking thing in sure. one sure. location that you can watch from 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 start to finish? Yeah, it would. It would, Richard. Um, you can also get the Blu-rays. I've got quite a lot of the blue, all the Blu-rays of, except for um, uh, I've got all the Blu-rays of the first Doctor, the third Doctor, and the fourth Doctor. I, I sort of don't care enough about Peter Davison or the other guys to bother buying their Blu-ray sets. Um, I just think that that's where the show is going downhill. But like, all that would be handy to have it streaming so you could watch them and maybe go, oh, you know what? Actually, these are pretty damn good. I saw, like, I've seen them all multiple times, Rich. And look, some of them are good. No, Peter Davison has some good episodes. Really good. Peter Davison has some really good episodes, actually. Um, and you know what? I, I probably would buy the Blu-rays of, of his stuff, but I wouldn't bother with. Uh, Colin Baker or Sylvester McCoy. I have seen them a lot, though. You know what I mean? And I do own the DVDs of most of their stuff, so, you know. But my heart is 
fourth doctor, third doctor, and I'm actually quite interested in the first and second doctor. I watch what I can kind of thing because I haven't watched a lot of their stuff, and I love the second doctor. I, I, I find the second doctor fucking great. You know what I mean? Mm. I, so, yeah, I mean, you know me, Rich. I'm, I'm a died-in-the-wool Doctor Who fan, basically, so it's just a question of how much I like some of their stuff. Um, yeah, so anyway... Um, Fallout trailer, Rich, came out. What was the what was yeah, your reaction? I thought it looked terrible. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Like, like what's, a lot what's of going people on? are raving about it, but I thought it looked pretty cheap and mm. way too colourful and right. bright. What's um, it coming out? Is this Amazon? Yeah. Okay. I still have one thing. Yeah. It's supposed to happen in a different. Uh, I think it's supposed to be happening like a mm. Atlanta or something like that, or or Philadelphia. I can't remember where it's supposed to take place, but. It's got a lot of sets from the other games, like the ones that are set in Washington and all that. And I was like, I just feel like that's lazy. I feel like they're mm. taking things from the games, even though they say that this is supposed to be... It's canon, and it's supposed to be in a different right uh, state. So I'm like, well, then why... You know, so if, have you ever played number three? Then you know what Megatown is. I've played three. They literally have Megatown in this trailer. And I'm like, but how can you have Megatown that's in a different... Yeah. That's in Washington. That's not in your... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm just wondering that's going to be a very lazy, oh, we're just going to take things from the game and put it in there. Well, Halo of was a bit stuff. like that. I thought Halo was a quite average, uh, you know. Um, was it Halo? that was the, They adapted, and I thought it was very average. Oh, Halo was terrible. I, yeah, and they, I, I, I thought... They just started advertising season two, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Doubling down. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Well, I mean, Amazon have got a weird track record. Like, I know we watched the first episode, first season of Wheel of Time, and I liked it more than you, but I haven't gotten... Probably when I'm on break, I'm going to watch the second season. So what I don't understand, right, is they've done Invincible, which has been fantastic, which yes. is very close to the source material. Um, they've made minor changes to it. Yeah. Um, they did Reach It, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, again... Not a hundred percent, but sticking close to the source material. Sure. But then, then there's other things like Wheel of Time and yeah. um, like this Fallout and stuff, where I just feel like um, it's lazy. And, and oh, okay, well, this is Paramount. But the ones that I feel like the ones that are the worst are the ones that are just don't stick to the source material. Oh, like just go fuck it. We're doing our own thing. We don't give a crap. Mm. Like you know. Um, we're doing a different Master Chief or whatever, and it's like, why? Would, I don't understand why you would do that. Yeah. Do you not see the success of the shows that stick pretty close to the source material? Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I never understand that logic. Like, we're going to do Halo. It ain't nothing like the games. It's like, why? It's like, we're going to do the Assassin's Creed movie. It ain't nothing like the games. It's like, well, what the fuck? Like, why not? Like, haven't these games... I mean, there's been a million Halo games and a million Assassin's Creed games. It's given you enough of a platform that you could do something decent. And you throw it all out the window and do your own crappy version and wonder why, like, fucking normies out there are just befuddled by the whole thing anyway. And the hardcore fan base are just like, what the fuck? I believe, I honestly believe that it's because they hire a showrunner Mm. who's like, dude, I'm not fucking doing the research into this. (laughs) Like... So you know weird. what I mean? Yeah. I'll read Wikipedia. Yeah. And I'll stop banging out a story and stuff. I am not going to fucking do the research. That's something so weird. Because if you said to me, 
I'm no fucking Fallout expert. I loved Fallout 4. But if I was the showrunner, I would definitely do the... You've got to do the deep dive just to... Not not to totally mimic it, but to totally get the ambiance of it. You've got to play the greatest hits and at least get some sort of a feel because these gamers who have bought these games are actually a pretty large group now, you know? Like... They can make and break your show with word of mouth, unfortunately, now. Not unfortunately, but they can. It's a fact. And Halo had such negative word of mouth, you know? Um, I don't... No Halo gamers were out there saying, this show's incredible, you know? And when they're they're turning their backs on it, they're in trouble. But this is why also, like, when you don't do your research, right? So Halo 1, 2, and 3 is absolutely beloved, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And when 343 started working on it and they started making some changes to, like, the lore and the characters and all that, it wasn't received well, oh. right? Uh, Halo, since 3, has been very rocky. It's been up and down because a lot of people don't feel like it's Halo anymore. How is that not a fucking oh. litmus test? How is that yeah. not an indicator to you of, like, hey, guys, we better pretty much make it feel like Halo 1, 2, and 3. Like, if we're going to do this... Yeah, if we're going to bother... We're ha- one, two, and three has to be the Bible, and we've got to make it feel like that Halo. Not we can't go and make our own shit because the the the, the fans don't like the new stuff, or they don't like it when it veers, or, yeah. or you know, because in, in the new Halos they made like Cortana the villain, right? You know what I mean? And, and and Master Chief became like a fugitive, and then they try to make like this guy. Um, shit, what was his name? Locke, I think his name was Locke. Mm. The guy kind of trying to make Locke the main character, kind of thing, and all that. Where they did release a game, I think it was Five, Halo Five Guardians, I think it was, where Master Chief was like sharing right. the game with this Locke character. Yeah. So, like, for a good half of the game, you were actually playing. And I imagine like people were hating it too. Oh, of course they were. But how do you not, how is that not like the canary in the coal mine for you? Yeah. How it, do you go, be. hey, when we go too far away. Mm fans don't like it so let's make sure we stick to what the fans want and it's not that hard to do reason they they always go to that thing like oh, fans don't know what they want no i think with halo they've got a pretty good fucking idea what they want you know like it's not and also can i say this i'm no halo fucking expert but i think you can give them that experience you know I, actually so here's the thing i do agree right fans don't know what they want right mm. but they'll tell you if they want it or not. So, for instance, when people go, you know, oh, fans don't know what they want. Of course they don't. When I watched the original Star Wars, I didn't know what I wanted from the sequel. Sure. Right? It's not like I had a checklist of this must happen in the sequel for me to enjoy it. Sure. But they told a good story that I was like, I like that. That's what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, do fans know what they want, exactly what they want from your sequel or from your production? No, they, like, they don't have like a, a specific want, but what they want is for you to give them something that they will enjoy. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Willing, yeah. Yeah. And you need to be willing to say that you got it wrong. In, yeah. But what happens today is when the fans go, oh, sorry, that's not what we wanted yeah. in our sequel or our adaptation or whatever, instead of you saying, fuck, we need to go back, 
and give them what they want or you know yeah learn from this give them what they turn and go fuck you what do you know you don't know anything no but it's like you're racist you're sexist it's like name calling now you know it's so stupid to say you you know oh you don't know what you want or you've got some shit no but they know what they don't want yeah yeah. do you know what i mean like well what i'm trying to say is from my experience of halo there's a certain style of gameplay and story that it feels like you could pretty much shoot and get to it it doesn't feel like it's that impossible you know and i use the assassin's creed movie as something where they you know it was like it was made by someone who'd never even played the game you know and it was just so so crap that it was like wow like what a fucking miss you know like and that's a that's a big franchise in itself so it's it's odd i I, maybe sometimes a, a, a player like Amazon should know better because the Halo franchise wouldn't have come cheap. You know what I mean? And mm. that's a big series that there's a lot of eyeballs on that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you've got to... You've sort of got to get it a bit right. You know, and... If, thing, no, but it also, it doesn't have to be 100%. That's what I've said no. to you. Like, you know, like Lost of Us. Uh, uh, mm. I, I, don't, I don't care I, about it, but... It's it's pretty faithful to I the enjoyed it. Material. I enjoy it. Everyone loves it, right? Yeah. Now you could do like now with Walking Dead. I understand that they took it, but they were upfront mm. from the start that they were going to be taking the show in a different direction, right? Sure. They said from the start we're kind of basing it on the books, like the world. Yeah. But and Kirkman was working on it so yeah, it was yeah. fine now, he said that himself yeah but they were up front so at least you knew okay you're good and you went into this game right I know that this is not going to be the comic so yeah. let me watch it and judge it based on it wasn't like adapting Lord of the, the Rings Peter Jackson where he pretty yeah. much follows the yeah. book there's so much bait and switch happening these days right so like mm. Masters of the Universe mm. where you know in all the advertising you see He-Man mm-hmm. and then they kill him in the first episode mm. and then it becomes about Tila now recently I think on Netflix they've got a Scott Pilgrim mm. uh, and an animated show right and guess what what in the very first episode Scott Pilgrim disappears okay and right. it becomes about Ramona okay. which again and this is what annoys me because people go are you how dare you not what I go no if you wanted to make a show about Tila go ahead right. make a show about Tila but be upfront. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You are making a show about Teela, right? Sure. Be upfront. If you're going to be doing a Scott Pilgrim, mm. and you're advertising and you're making people think that it's an adaptation or it's a bad Scott Pilgrim, mm. and then when you bait and do the bait and switch, don't get fucking angry when people get pissed off. Sure. Because that's a bait and switch. You lied to them, and they'll be like, "Oh, we didn't want to ruin the surprise." No. You nah, didn't want people bullshit. to catch wind yeah, yeah, that yeah. you were replacing the yeah. character because no, you were worried that we the, the more honest answer is you were trying to fool them and get their eyeballs on the show, you know, yeah. and you knew that you'd lose viewers in general. Um, yeah, like that's a that's but a then, funny I, thing. I would I would have been fine. If you turned and said, We're gonna be doing a Teela show mm. right? Mm. Like, um we you know, we just it's a character we feel like, you know, it has potential and all that and we just wanna do a Teela show. I would have been okay, fine, that's cool, just give it a go. Let's see what you can do. I'll, I'll give you a shot. Let's see what you can make. Yeah. But you, you again, you make a master of the universe, and in your trailers, in your promotion, you focus in on He-Man. Oh, yeah. It's all He-Man. 
Don't get upset with me when then I turn around after the first episode. I'm not watching your shit because you just killed him. It was Bloody. pretty. It was pretty hilarious that the way that the internet just fucking hammered Kevin Smith for that. And Jesus Christ, he was a fucking pussy about the whole thing. I, I saw one interviewer. He's like, oh, "I'll never do it again." After all the the shit I copped, I saw he's writing the the new shit as well for him. And so I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, Dude, I'm sorry, but back in the day, if they were going to do something like that, they hope that would have been part of the marketing. Yeah. In a world without He-Man. Yeah, yeah. What can the monster of the universe do? Mm. How will Teela band everyone together to take on Skeletor, who's now, you know, absorbed the power of the of Grayscale? Like, that yeah. would be the fucking trailer. That would be the, the, the tag. I want to the... watch it again. I want to I finish it, because I made my way through half of it if not two-thirds of it. I didn't mind it, but I agree with you. It was kind of like, where's He-Man, you know? Um, I don't know. I'm just saying, but if you did that, if you promoted it like you should have, mm. of something happened to He-Man, what do the Masters of the Universe do? Yeah. Who's going to fill that? Who's going to rally them together? Mm. I'd be okay, fine. I didn't want to say necessarily Tila's my favorite, but at least I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. At least yeah. I know what I'm signing up for if I choose to watch it. Yeah, I know. I know, dude. It's it's crazy. Has the second season of that come out? I think it has, hasn't it? Didn't they do another season? I they've announced the season, but I don't think anything's come out. Okay. Now, you, speaking of something that I believe you enjoyed, something called Pluto, Rich, you're reviewing? What, what is this? Oh, oh, yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. You want to talk about, like, fantastic... Um, what is it? Uh, ...TV show to watch or streaming show to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It's So it's called Pluto. It's a... Eight episode, and each episode is almost an hour. Okay. Uh, eight episode adaptation of a manga series called Pluto. Mm. But this manga series is an actual adaptation itself mm. of a Astro Boy story really? called uh, The World's Greatest Robot. I, I know that story. Yeah. So this, I can't remember the guy's name, but he got permission uh-huh. to do a adaptation or a version of it. Uh, of this story and he obviously I mean he he really because I mean that episode or was only like two episodes in the cartoon and I think it was a couple of issues in the manga back in the day but he turned this into like an eight volume sort of stuff it's like it it becomes like a murder mystery you know tracking a serial killer kind of vibe kind of thing Uh, but at the same time it's also um, it's it's looking at Astro Boy or the world of Astro Boy through like a different lens of it's right. a world where robots are becoming more and more human right uh-huh. not only are they looking more human where you can't tell them apart but now they are starting to question you know what it means and what does it mean to be human what does it mean to be robot and of course yeah. the they use these robots in this big war right uh-huh. so what is it like for a robot to have ptsd right do you know what I mean? Because yeah. think about it this way. As a robot, your memory doesn't dull over time. Right, yeah. Right? So you you can replay every single second of that war you were in, of all the machines you killed and slaughtered. It's there and it's never going away. Now, you could wipe it, but then that means that you, you basically wipe yourself. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a world where, like, if you wipe it, it can cause problems and you can also lose who you are and sort of stuff and all that. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's just this fascinating thing of like, what do these war robots do after a war? How, how do they deal with stuff? And then there's another robot who 
he's kind of the main character for most of the story. He's Inspector uh, Gizik, and he's the one that's trying to track down this person that is killing these humans and these robots. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you know the story, you know who Pluto and and all that sort of stuff is. But my God, the animation is fantastic. The voice I acting is check phenomenal. Because I, I think I think is is wonderful. Dude, I think. Like, firstly, I fucking love the 1980s Astro Boy. It was one of my favourite shows of all time. I think that episode, that two-parter, is my favourite episode of the whole thing. It's the robot... It's, it's, it's the most well-known Astro Boy is it the like, one? Arc. Is it the one that fights, like, Hercules and stuff? That guy, he fights all the other yeah. robots? That's, yeah, so that's the greatest episode of Astro Boy ever. Yeah. Well, this is what? a very sort of um, really? version of that story. Dude, I will check that out. Dude, to this day, I remember that two-parter and how much I loved it. He fought all the other robots, and he kind of comes to Astro Boy at the end. Is the final fight kind of thing. Is oh, right? yeah, yeah. In this, uh, again, I don't want to give up too much, but again, it's the same thing. Oh, the, wow. the, the seven greatest robots or yeah. the, the most powerful robots are, are being taken out. But at the same time, there's also these uh, robotic experts yeah. uh, in the field that are also being killed. Is it animated um, or what is it? It's animated, man. It's animated. Is um, it in English? It's, it's in English or Japanese. Thank yeah. God. Thank God it's in English. Um, do they show the Hercules fight? Are you? So, I fucking love that. Hercules is in it. And by the way, Hercules is voiced in English yeah. by uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Well, I remember Hercules in the cartoon put up a pretty good fight before he died. You know? Um, from memory. Yeah. Um, uh, so the problem is in a lot of the fights they you don't see too much because um, it's a it's written like a mystery. Oh, okay. So you do get no, but you do get to see sort of his fight and you kind of see him like explode in the air and yeah and, and you you can kind of like hear the fight and you can see flashes and moments of it and all that. Yeah. Uh, Hercules does probably put up one of the better yeah displays. Fights. Yeah. Um, although Brando did as well, but you didn't get to see Brando's fight because uh, it happened in like because again they're trying to keep the mystery of okay for, for Pluto. So again, this is very much if you've never watched Astro Boy or yeah. read Astro Boy, yeah, 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 they, they made it in a way that it's a it's a suspense thriller. I want to so check this you, out, man. You don't yeah, know what's happening. dude, I'm going to check this out over my break um, because I that that's interesting, man. I didn't realize this. Is Astro Boy in it? Yeah, well, their version, uh, uh, Atom, yeah, he's in it. Cool. Oh, wow. Okay, well... Really? Um, really? Versions of... Um, Richard, I'm uh, excited by this, man. I'm excited by this. Did you, you've come with some... You've come up with a fucking gem, Rich. Late in the game, oh, like... Yeah. I Again, so once I heard about the show and that it was based on... Yeah. Astro Boy. Astro Boy is literally one of my favourite... Um, it's great. Um, like uh, animes of like all time, dude. It's awesome. Astro Boy um, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Astro Boy. I mean, Astro, Astro awesome. Boy is the reason that I got into Mega Man back Bro. in the day, just because Mega Man was so similar. To Astro yeah. Boy. Uh, I love Mega Man and Astro Boy. So yeah, when I heard this was was based on Astro Boy, I was like, I have to watch it, and I'm so glad I did. Like, and what's um, this on Netflix? We were watching it. We, we 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 were doing like the long play. We were watching it one a week. Okay. But once we got to episode five, we were just like, fuck it, this is just so... In, like, so, we were so what's in, this on? Netflix? Football. Or what? It's on Netflix, yeah. Richard, you've got to give me these details as they come up, man. Like, I'm so I, impressed. I reported the show, like, three weeks ago, mate. Did you? Yes. Did I know what it was then? 
I told you what it was. I told you it was an adult version of Astro Boy. Man, I didn't know that it was an adaptation of Greatest Robot in the World because that's my favourite episode of Astro Boy ever. Wow. Well, now you know, and now you've got to watch it. Dude, next time you got to keep... you got to throw it right down the middle for me, man. No, you know, <laughs> no, seriously. I, I'm not a fringe player. I need the ball right down the middle so I can hit it out of the fucking park. You know? Ronald was listening because he messaged me to say he just started watching Ronald it. Ronald Acosta was on top of the fucking job. Dave was asleep at the wheel, man. Jesus Christ. You, you, you just come, I think this, you may have come back from being sick with COVID, so maybe oh, you weren't. I was half dead. Maybe you weren't 100% focused. Wow. Well, Rich, I'm excited to be alive again. Forget about that. That gap inside of me is filled, man. Guess what? <laughs> that, that abyss that's been inside of me since I was 25, that's gone. Wowee. <laughs> I've turned away from the abyss. My eyes have stopped glowing red, man. I'm like Davis Human again. Wow. That was a long time on the bench. Um, that's, so that's my favourite piece of news you may have ever given the show, Rich. I actually think that's oh, probably the best news we've ever had from Rich. Yeah, I always say, Jimmy Olsen out there cracking down fucking stories. You've come up with the Pulitzer Prize winner at this late stage in the game. Just before the Christmas break, Rich comes in with breaking news. What's next, Rich? You find out who's gonna, who, who assassinated JFK? Is that where you are, man? Because I'm excited to be alive now. Maybe I already know, but I have to keep it secret. You're keeping it secret. Yeah, don't don't blow your load all in one show, man. Like you've got to kind of like <laughs> you've got to kind of spread the seeds um, over over the episodes. Now, I do want to say a shout out to Anna. Uh, she's not a regular listener, but I said oh, we've got to give you a shout out because she refers to Marvel as that Marvel shit. She just hates all fantasy, but she loves. We've got the show. <laughs> Marvel shit. Yeah, she's, in her mind, that's that's the whole, this. It basically covers everything we discuss on the show. But, um, yeah, lovely woman, and a shout-out to her. She's excited that we have the hit show. Now, the best, the funniest news I've read this week, the Disney CEO, um, Bob Iger, thinks the Marvels is underperforming because there weren't enough executives on set, Rich. He wants more cooks in the kitchen. Apparently, his executives on set would have fixed the Marvels. Um, what a fucking clown. Can I just say that by throwing a few more suits on the set? Like, seriously... If you're that if you're that worried, you know what you should be doing. You should be firing Kevin Feige because he's the guy that, at the end of the day, is responsible for it and has ticked off on it. So when he makes that comment, maybe it was offhand. Really, that's almost like you should be firing your manager because your manager is the one who has been approving all this shit. What do you think, Rich? Uh, sounds to me like he's throwing the director under the bus. Oh, he certainly is. Yeah, but but he's almost saying um, if there were more executives on set. I'll be honest with you, and this is, I, and I think this is a big part of why um, the, the the current uh, MCU is 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 floundering and failing a bit. Mm. Is when you actually look at like some of the directors and the writers, mm-hmm. they have no ex- almost no experience. That's so weird to me. You know? you know what I mean? Look, look at the look at the guy that wrote uh, Ant Man, uh, uh, the the Quantum one, and oh, yeah. was Quantum Like he has like almost no writing credits to his name, and yet somehow he got he got the the Ant Man and you know Quantum gig. Like you go, I mean, I know it's not like a big 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 name, but I mean the MCU is a pretty big machine. Yeah. Uh, and and you're gonna give the and you're gonna give that and again this the the I can't remember the woman's name, but. I don't think she's had that many movie, like, you know, big budget movie experience or even movie experience of directing. And yet you give her 
the Marvels, you know, uh, the follow-up to a movie that apparently made a billion dollars. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I just, I don't understand the, the thought process behind a lot of these decisions and shit that, that Marvel's making now. I, I don't understand it because, like, there's so much money at stake in terms of, like, for Disney. Why wouldn't you give it to a director who, yeah, they may cost you a couple of million more, but isn't it worth it? Like, the, the return on investment it would be huge. Like, you don't have to give it to Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg, but there's well, a lot of capable directors. They want, they want yes people. Yeah. Maybe. You know, they've had some of that bad experience with, like, um, Edgar Wright and... Sure. Uh, but that was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, but my point is, I think it's it's maybe they just got, they were like, we're just going to get people we can boss around and make them make what we want. You know, people who are not going to come in and try and yeah. But then you're turning on, you're turning and saying, "Oh, there's not enough executives giving notes." It's like, well, what well, is I, it? it? You need a scapegoat when it doesn't go well. Yeah, correct. So when it goes well, you can turn and say, "God, aren't we brilliant?" Yeah. We just pluck, we pluck these no namers from obscurity, and we can spot talent and just we're the best. But when it goes wrong, that same person, well, that person's going to be the one under the bus. The reports I heard. Um, from various sources and interviews on Love and Thunder was that Tiger Watiti had essentially let a lot of people do sort of, for want of a better word, a little bit of improv at times. He was, he was, he was very, very lax with following script, you know? And now, whether that's true or not, but it seemed like it was kind of like everyone was kind of getting a turn at doing a little bit of improv. And we know what a mess that movie was. I haven't seen the Marvels, but I've it heard... Wouldn't, it wouldn't you know. surprise me. Well, but that's just unprofessional to me. That's just... Like, uh, if you're known for your wacky fucking humour, which we all know that he, he is, at least let it be his wacky humour, not fucking Chris Hemsworth's or Russell Crowe or whoever else was, like, throwing out golden gems of fucking comedy... Yeah, but you know what? Flat. If it goes well, then you can claim, aren't I brilliant? I, mm. I bring out the best. Sure, and, the best you know of the what best. I mean? And they, they, they just bring the A-game because of me, and I can, I, you know what I mean? I bring yeah. it out of them. But when it doesn't go good, Yeah, then... but, but at the end of the day, dude, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I got made a comment, like, not enough people watching the dailies. I mean, that's on the director. That's on Kevin Feige as well. If Kevin Feige's not watching the dailies, or at least his two ICs and reporting back to him, that's a so the chain of command is broken down, you know. To me, mm. like, look, I don't agree. You you need to you need to flock the set with more suits and get it more formulaic because that's half their problem. I think audiences have tired of their formulas, but you need to have some level of control. I'm not saying Bob Iger needs to be watching Dallies, but Kevin Feige needs to be, and Kevin Feige needs to have a guy there. And ideally, the director is the guy, really. And mm. if you're hiring directors who are inexperienced. And their inexperience is showing in the movies that are being made that potentially could make five hundred to a billion. You know, like a good, a really good movie from them could have made a billion dollars. You know, mm. but if they, they turn out a piece of shit that has, I'm not even sure, across two hundred, they've got a problem. Um, and I think Iger's right in spotting there's a problem. Um, I think he's wrong with his analysis. I would say Kevin Feige needs to really rethink what he's even doing to a point where I think he's a lot of shits ever since um, Endgame. I, I think they've had more misses than hits, and we don't need to relitigate it, but would you agree, Rich, that there's a problem, a chain of command problem here? 
there's there's definitely a problem um but the thing is it's a uh, it's a multifaceted problem like what you just said there i agree with you that is that is one of their problems another one of their problems is that um the the characters are just um uh carbon copies of like i'll give you a perfect example right if you look how Ant-Man acts, Scott acts, yeah. when he meets Captain America, right? Yeah. Like when he gets brought in for Civil War. It's no different to how Peter acts when he meets Tony. Yeah. Like they both become bumbling and like say awkward and silly things. Sure. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like those two characters are literally the same. Yes. The same character. And so this is the problem that Marvel has right now is that the characters all feel cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like they've only got four different personality types and, and they've got to distribute those four different between all the current sure. players in the Marvel universe. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where it felt like the characters were different. Like Steve felt different to, to, to Iron Man. who felt different to Bruce Banner. Definitely. Who yeah. felt different to Thor. Like they all had their own, um, personalities and so they all worked off each other you know and that's why i will give whedon sort of credit right whedon's dialogue can be painful sometimes sure it can. Um, yeah because everyone has to be a bit quippy and all quip, that quip, but at yeah, least quip, he yeah. actually gives people different personalities yeah he does do you know what i mean like at least he tries to like when he did the avengers he definitely made sure that everyone that maybe the only characters that had similar personalities was hawkeye and, and um uh, and black widow Mm. but everyone else was quite distinctly different in how they viewed something and how they approached a, a problem sure yeah but oh, that's well, yeah. missing now like you know waiting um, in his career um like yeah that 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 dialogue could get on your nerves but he certainly could do characterization a lot better than um yeah what they're doing. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's great but i mean he's better than what we currently have with yeah um you know, like, as I said to you, like, a perfect example was, look at um, uh, Ant-Man, right? And, and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Contamania. Mm-hmm. It's called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Yet the Wasp does almost nothing, nothing. in that whole movie. Zero. Right? Yeah. But they try and allude that there's a bit of a wedge between the two of them. Mm. And that the wedge is maybe caused by his daughter, right? That mm. maybe she is pushing her towards what he doesn't want her to go to. But they never really focused on that. I've got something. Was Michelle Pfeiffer, was she the original Wasp? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Was she Wasp? Yeah, I mean, she's Janet. So she she was... Janet and uh, Michael Douglas was, was okay. Hank. All right. Okay, cool. So that Janet is the regular Wasp in the fucking Marvel U. Yeah, she's the Janet... Yeah, with, the well, original. Yeah, yeah, the original, yeah. Janet I, I was Dine? just going to say, yeah, her character and Michael Douglas's was so much more interesting than anything else in that movie, you know? Mm. Like, I'm just, look, I agree with you because whatever her name is, Evangeline Lilly as Wasp, I mean, she was completely, I mean, all she was getting was a paycheck for just turning up, basically. There was almost nothing there for her, you know? Well, that's the problem is that, so they've decided to focus on Scott and his daughter mm. and obviously Michelle Pfeiffer or Janet and... Um, Michael Douglas. Uh, no, not Michael Douglas. Um, Kang. Oh, Kang, yeah, yeah. But then, they, yeah, that left very little room for the, for Michael Douglas or or or, or Wasp. Uh, what's her name in there? Uh, or, or anything for Hope. You know what yeah. I mean? Where 
I kind of feel like. But do you um, feel that there's almost too many cooks in the kitchen though? Like there's a lot of people cluttering up the like, space. The Michelle Pfeiffer stuff could have just been flashbacks. I liked Kang it saying, though. What, I liked what, it though, man. See, I thought that was good. But I'm saying if. But again, the problem is, I just like if it's Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm. I just don't feel like. Um, yeah. I that uh, the Michelle Pfeiffer, the the Janet should have been such a big part mm. because it's Ant Man and the Wasp. It's like, okay, let's say you do a Captain America movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for most of the movie, uh, Black Widow is the focus. Yeah, it's And you, you're finding out about her story. And you kind of go like, okay, but Where's it's Cap? a Captain America I know. movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, she can have a bit of a thing, but imagine if they made it like her, she was like 50% mm. of the movie. You'd kind of be like, wait, wait, is this a Captain America or a Black Widow Well, movie? it's like, like if there was a Batman movie and Nightwing was in 90% of it and running the whole thing, and you're like, well, where's Batman? You know, and it's like, you know, I, I, I hear you. I look, I think, uh, look, I hate to be brutally honest, but I think Evangeline Lilly offers very little on screen in terms of presence. Her character's incredibly boring. Um, I don't know. She she did the bare basics. You know, it was almost felt like she came in and collected a check, shot about 10 minutes of film, and was out the door. Yeah, not not her fault. She didn't write the script. No, not not her fault. No, not her fault. Not her fault at all. But um, there's nothing there for an actor. There's, it's not like she's got anything to work with. Like you know, that's what I'm saying. She's got zero. So, but that's why where I say, okay, listen, you need to be laser focused. Okay, mm. if Janet is going to be the focus, mm. then you kind of need to leave hope out of it. Totally, I you agree. Kind of yeah. Hope, and so what you do is you have a story where Janet is maybe the one that's pushing. Um, uh, Cassie, right? Because mm. maybe she's like, oh, I kind of see Cassie as my daughter. I lost all my time with with Hope. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I'm now kind of almost treating Hope like my daughter and encouraging her and that rubs Scott the wrong way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then the three of them get sucked into that universe and Kang's there and Scott learns about her stuff and maybe the two of them sort of bond and, you know, mm. like a mother-son type of, or son-in-law mm. type of bond. And that's fine, because then you focused it. But you tried to have all five of these characters Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus Kang, the villain, all, like, six of them. Yeah. Where's your focus, bro? Like, there was no focus. no focus. It was, it was, well, I've said to you before on the show, dude, occasionally, it feels like in these movies, and I'm not just, not just Marvel, it does feel sometimes like kids playing around with action figures and there's not much more beyond that. And yeah, I don't think they've got, yeah. I don't think they have the experience. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like their storylines are, are sort of paper thin. I liked bits of Ant-Man and the Wasp three, whatever it's called. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's huge, there's huge problems with the movie. And I mean, and one of them is, uh, yeah, a lot of people taking up oxygen on the script. Oh, for, sorry, and Modoc was in it. Sorry, seven. Yeah, like, it was fucking Jesus, awful. They crammed way too much into that movie. And if they could have done a worse version of Modoc, I can't imagine it. You know, such a cool fucking character. Like, dude, they probably couldn't have done worse. You know what I mean? Funny. Do you know what's so funny? All they had to do was leave it with mm. the metal, the gold uh, yeah. face, the yeah. mask. Yeah. And just had that guy's voice. And then they could be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. they recognize the voice and totally. goes, is that you? And he goes, yes, it is me. The way it had that really <laughs> bad, like, photoshopped face. Yeah, all they had to do was just leave the golden face, the mask face, and have his voice, and yeah. it would have been fine. Dude, I know that woman lost her job over the special effects, and people are like, it's an outrage, you lost your job. I'm like, seriously, from what I saw... 
yeah, it was a quality control issue. Like, you know, and I get she was scapegoated, but I think it's unforgivable that that was so bad. I really do. I actually, I really wonder sometimes with these movies, like, they they stand to make. They're expensive to make, but they stand to make so much money. There's so much on the table that they can take if they just clean some of that shit up. And I just don't understand how they can't yeah, get it done. Also the problem, well, actually, no, it's not, no, see, Disney doesn't have that excuse. Because usually a company that's making a movie, right, will will find the well. This is how they did it back in the day. They would find the cheapest um, uh, special effects uh, a company, right? right? So it was like a bidding war. Yeah. So you'd have ILM or you'd have Wetterworks or whatever, and they would like they'd be like, "Oh, we can do the movie for this price," or you know. Yeah. And so they would all undercut each other. But of course, when you are, you know what I mean, like uh, not getting a ton of money because you try to get the job, and so yeah, you. Yeah you sort of lowballed it, that's where you get, like, that cheaper sort of animation. But, but I, I feel that that's, that logic has hurt them. They don't have that excuse, though, because they have their own yeah. special effects department. Yeah. Like, they don't have the excuse of, oh, we just hire the cheapest yeah. shit and that's what we got. You don't have that excuse. That's your department. They work for Disney. Like, And that kind of... St- I swear to God, that that movie, that did hurt them at the box office. Because I know when that movie came out, there were people online on Facebook sharing that image and it was getting derided. And I thought it was fake when I first saw it. I so did I. Regu- regular people, dude, the same people who've been saying to me how shit the Marvels looks, and these are people, actually nearly all women, saying how terrible they think it is and how shit the characters are and how lame, that's the word that they use, is the same kind of people, sort of casual fans or non-fans who just are aware of Marvel were like what the fuck is with this image how bad does this look and it hurts them at the box office which is why I don't understand how they can't fix that before it comes out like anyone who looked at that was like that looks shit like it just looked terrible um I don't care about the movie the look of that was laughable it was like a bad video game. No, it was like early 2000s video game graphics is kind of what it reminded me of. And unforgivable in a modern audience. Where sometimes things in the 78 Superman look better than your yeah. 2023 movie. Now, you know, and so Iger's right in diagnosing a problem. So he, he's right in that sense. There is a problem. Um, and I think it needs, it really needs a restructure. And they, if they don't, if they don't fix it, they will end up killing the golden goose. That that will eventually happen, if they don't take drastic action. Now, they probably will take drastic action. I think because Disney cares about one thing. At the end of the day, the, the mouse cares about money. So, they probably will retool and refit it. It's not the only disaster they're having. They're, they've got other movies which I'm vaguely aware of that aren't making money. So it's not just Marvel. Marvel should be a cash cow for them. Do you know what I mean? Like to bolster up some of their other shit product that comes out that's not doing well. So I think Disney have got a few um, concerns. Now, let's turn to something, Rich, which I'm super excited about, Deadpool 3. Um, Ryan Reynolds uh, posted his own joke joke spoilers. Uh, Apparently the spoiler, and spoilers, kids, because I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Like, Deadpool started with a spoiler. Let's keep the spoilers going. The spoiler was that apparently Sabretooth is in it. I don't know why people are so bent out of shape about this. Like, Sabretooth's in it. My my reaction is cool. Like, good. 
Um, anyway, but Ryan Reynolds um, started fighting the leaks with sort of his own sort of fake leaks. He showed Deadpool palling around with Mickey Mouse and money bags. Predator. The Predator image is great, which I put it in the show notes. And mm. Urkel. Um, there's some even deeper cuts, uh, which I don't quite understand, to Seth Meyers' cue card handler, uh, Wally Ferenstein. Fer- Fer- I don't watch Seth Meyers. I find him extremely annoying. Um, and, I think they're all annoying, but anyway. Uh, yeah, but I do find Seth Meyers, for some reason... Oh, actually, the one I find the worst is Colbert, the Colbert Report. I would not watch that if you paid me. Seth Meyers I just find annoying. Who's QB, Rich? Do I, am I supposed to know who that is? Q-U-I-B-I. I have no idea who that is. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not cool enough. But anyway, my point of the story is, Rich, how are you... Wouldn't it be fucking funny if the Predator actually did turn up? Because that is owned by Disney, you know? The Predator is owned by Disney, you know that. Well, I guess that's kind of what he's trying to do, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying... He, he's, yeah, he's, well, what he's do you like to make you guess what is... What's happening? What is real and what's not. Dude, I'm all down for it, man. I, I want this fucking movie, man. I, I, I fucking need this shit. You know, I've had enough of this shit product now for a few years. Having to give a fuck about Black Panther 2 and Ant-Man and the fucking Wasp and, you know, just all the crap that they've had recently. Um, I will say Loki Season 2 has gotten better. Michelle and I have watched a couple of episodes and we're like, oh, wow, it's gotten a lot better than the first episode. It's still not that great, but it's okay. But um, Deadpool 3, man... This, for me, I'm going to make a comment right now, Rich. This may turn into my favourite movie of all time. Seriously. This may... The, the Great Escape, Casablanca, Taxi well, Driver. Fingers yeah. crossed for you, buddy. I need this, Rich. I need a fucking win, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm back to the abyss. I don't stay away from the abyss for too long, Rich. The eyes are glowing again. I'm staring into the abyss. I need you to pull three, Rich. Can it happen for me? Uh, it could. Mm. Do you think the writer's going to turn up in that thing we were talking about before? Blade? I need that as well. I'm getting greedy, man. I need the writer. I wish. You know what I wish? If I had a wish, the writer starts turning up in, like, tons of movies. Like, not even just Marvel movies, just random movies, like rom-coms and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I am now, man. You know what I mean? I'm I'm at that level now where I'm I'm like, fuck all this other shit. Get, Get the writer in some stuff. Just random stuff. Build awareness. So it's that kind of stuff, man. And I'm, and as the writer, too. Just just walk-ons, man. Like, remember in Doctor Strange 2? Remember how I was convinced the writer was going to show up? And apparently... Yeah, and, and he was super convinced. And mm. once again, Richard said, mate, just... Slow it down. Just calm yourself. Just, you know, take a breath. And, yeah. and you were like, no, nah, man, it's going to happen. He <laughs> has to. And I also thought Wolverine was going to turn up for some reason. And I remember I said to Michelle, it's not looking good for Wolverine. <laughs> After Xavier unfortunately got his neck cracked, I sort of said, I don't think well, Wolverine... I was going to say, you'd be lucky to interrupt a uh, show, otherwise he'd be dead too. He would be dead too, that's true actually. He maybe was, maybe, maybe it was good he sat if he plays out there. Um, now, news that I know my dad's going to be happy about. Reacher Season 2 is premiering earlier than planned. My dad is loves... It? Yeah, my dad loves this fucking show. Like, you wouldn't okay, believe... Can you tell me when? Because it's still saying that it's starting on, like, the 15th. I don't know. I'll find so out. So when is it supposed to be the earlier? F- the 15th of when, Rich? Of December. 
Okay. Well, Richard, all I did was take a fucking news item. Like, I didn't actually do that much research, to be brutally honest. No, well, you got me excited, but when I went onto Prime, it still says that it started on the 15th. <sighs> so I was like, okay, what, what, when's the... What's, what's, when's it early, then? Okay. It's, it's the... I think it's the 15th, Rich. It's the 15th, man. But it's been the 15th since they announced it, though. Well, then I don't know. Then I don't know who wrote this news. You know? Okay. I don't know. I, who knows, man? Like, it's a mystery. Get fucking, like... You know, Inspector Clouseau on this one because all I got was a news item that said the writer's turning coming, not the writer, Reacher's coming in earlier. And I was like, I knew you'd be excited, I knew my dad would be excited. I even told my dad it's coming out earlier. He doesn't know dates or anything. He was like, oh, cool. Well, he didn't say cool. He doesn't use words like cool. He's like, oh, that should be good, you know. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed the first season, so I'm I know you loved it, man. I've not watched definitely it. Definitely looking forward to this. Maybe you could go around to my dad's place and watch it with him because he fucking loves it. Jesus Christ. He, he, he's always oh, like... She, Alicia watched it too. Yeah. Um, I didn't I'll watch it with her because I said to her, listen, I'm going to be watching this when it starts, so if you want to watch it with me, you're going to have to catch up. And catch she up. thoroughly enjoyed it as well. You know what? I'm going to make a few fucking changes in my life. Firstly, I'm going to watch Pluto, and I'm going to watch Jack Reacher. I want to be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be one of the cool kids again. You know what I mean? Dude, you can... Oh, my God. You will enjoy Reacher, man. I Seriously. I even like the actor. I like the actor. He played yeah, Hall. You will enjoy it, man. It's so good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, and you I've, know me. You know how gratu I am. You yeah, know how I, I fucking bitch and moan about everything. Definitely. If I'm yeah. telling you that it's fucking good... No, I know. You've got a good track record. Yeah. You're better than me because I'll be like, yeah, it's pretty good. And you're like, how good? I'm like, eh, six... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, like your season two, it's improved. Is it that good? No, not really. I mean, it's it's okay. It it, it it's filling in time, you know. Well, yeah, that's what you do. You're like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's good. It, you know, it, 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 it it'll do in a pinch when you have got nothing else to watch. And I'm like, that's not a Dave. It's not a recommendation to watch it. That's a recommendation of like it'll do when you've got nothing else to watch. It's not quite the same. Definitely. But I find a lot of stuffs like that. I'm like, how good is it? I'm like, mm, not that good. I mean, you know, if you define good by the original terms of what good means, like it actually is well above average as opposed to barely average, you know? I've got a recommendation for listeners who like anime. Mm. Um, so Alicia's turned me on to the show that we watch together now. Mm. It's called The uh, Apothecary Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's an anime and it's about it's set in, in China, which is why she told me that we should watch it because I love ancient China. Mm. Um, and it's basically about this chick who uh, is basically an apothecary, you know, which means you know poisons and medicines and all this sort of stuff. She's kidnapped and brought to like the the palace, mm. um, and then people find out that she you know is actually good with like medicine and stuff, and so then it kind of becomes like almost like a Sherlock Holmesy type of. Where she's like, um, kind of solving mysteries. You know, mm. like people uh, what is this anime other. or what is this? It's anime, yeah. So, apothecary diaries. Yeah, apothecary diaries. Yeah. Okay. So, any any anime fans out there, if you're looking for something mm. uh, pretty fun, pretty quirky, uh, I I recommend uh, apothecary diaries. Okay. And what's this on Netflix or what? No, Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. Okay. All right, well, that at least sounds interesting. Um, okay, now, to commemorate its 50th anniversary, the United States Postal Service is releasing a set of Dungeons & Dragons stamps. That's actually cool. Um, the set will come out in early 2024, features 10 pieces of art, including the classic Larry Elmore Red Dragon image, which was on the basic um, 
uh, D&D cover, that beautiful image, and a Drixt stamp. And I believe this news came from Michael Kellishim, who I know is um, a postal worker. Um, oh, yeah, I can see here the images. Yeah, the images are down here in our show notes. Yeah, that, they look good. And I can see the original thing. I mean, the, the original best one is still the Red Dragon one. Like, that's just classic. That's the classic one, man. That's the classic one, dude. Where's Drixt? Which one's Drixt? I can't tell. It's too small for my eyes. Find out Your which one's... Oh, no, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, it's the I one... I was say, you wouldn't be too hard to spot. It'd just be the, the grey-blue one. Yes, <laughs> I know, Richard. Thank you for that comment. Like, so, I mean... It's so obvious. so easy. Yeah, but it was so small it. on my fucking phone when I was looking at it. That was the problem, you know? Um, Did yeah. you confuse him with the worm one? Anyway, whatever. Um, it's coming out. It's fucking coming out. Uh, Wizards of the... Oh, so you've got some news here. Ivan Rice is leaving DC Comics for independent work. Now, it is confirmed it's with uh, Jeff John's Ghost Machine Comics and Image. I think he's an incredible artist, Rich. What do you think about Ivan Rice? I love his art. Uh, I'm a phenomenal artist. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, uh, I only really just uh, learnt about him from, uh, obviously, Green Lantern. Me too. Uh, um, but uh, he was phenomenal in that, like, probably one of the best. I think he's one you of the know, best modern DC artists I've ever seen, from what I've seen anyway. You know? What I love about it is that unlike a lot of fucking artists today, like mm. the new artists today, he's got a very, it's a classic look. Sure. Right? The characters have got the classic physique, the classic build. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, it just looks like a comic book should look. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Unlike some of the shit today when you like open the page and you like go, what the f- fuck am I looking at? What flat piece yeah. of hell am I looking at now that just looks so <laughs> flat so flat and two dimensional you know what I mean like sure. that's a problem like good art should feel three dimensional you know what I mean it should feel like it tricks your eyes mm. into seeing it as something that's like rounded but a lot of art today just feels so flat like you know what I mean like it just feels like a picture it also uh, feels oh, very no, no, sketchy no. a lot of art today it feels very like it's been tossed yeah. up like almost like He's yeah. like a, I feel like he's just like a modern Garcia. Yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. You know what I mean? It's very modern version of that, and I love it. I, I love it. So, when we were talking a while ago, and I was saying how Jeff Johns had kind of fumbled the ball with his image stuff by just simply not providing enough product, but it now appears he's going in full, full-fledged. Well, as I said, it, it's you can't provide product if you don't have enough artists and inkers and... Yeah letters and stuff so he may have been trying to like you know get the balls in motion and you know mm. now he's got rice and you know so it's like it's easy to say you should just pump it out but again it takes you know it's not just Time. you yeah. i mean he's the writer but you need the the penciler the inker yep. the colorist the letterer mm. you know uh, it's a lot and he's got to find people and if if people are not working for him if they still got their main job they've got to do that first sure you know what I mean? So, you know, you know, but you know what? Maybe now, you know, um, oh, maybe he's starting to build it and he's going to hopefully start cranking stuff. Although, shit, we forgot oh. to actually review... Um, oh. Oh. We forgot to review the... Um, Geiger? The Geiger, uh, they had an, another special it. issue or something of it. Well, let's do it next week for a Christmas episode. We'll find it. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. No, I... I you know I love Jeff Johns, you know, stuff. And uh, Jeff Johns with an Ivan Rice and a Gary Frank in his back pocket, etc., etc. I'm 1,000% down. I know Pete Tomasi, a, a, a writer I, I highly value, is also involved. 
I know. I can't believe all these people are going to go work for that fucking raging racist. Unbelievable. Who? Who? Come on, Dave. Who? You're so bad. You're so bad with jokes. You know that. Oh, who? I, I'm confused. What, Jeff Jones? Yes, Jeff Jones, man. Crime Oh, bill. because of I forget why there was someone called him a racist. Yeah, yeah. That was a bit mean, though, I felt. It was a bit underserved. Remember, said he was a massive racist? That's right. Oh, God, how could I forget? It was, I, was, I, was, I was like, what did Jeff Johns ever do? Like, I forgot Cryborg was just throwing allegations around like it was on his way out the door and then sort of pounding on the door in the most petulant display possible. Um, that's right. Well, Cryborg, we all know, um, has some issues, I think, you know. Dude, can I ask? I've got a, I've got an off tangent question, right? Because it's just, yeah. it just hit me in the head. Sure. So, do you think it's stupid that Marvel have a character called White Widow? <sighs> yes, I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, I prefer the Black Widow. Black Widow is that it She's like based a spider. on the spider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, kills their mate. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Like, what the fuck does White Widow mean? There is no such thing it's as just, White Widow. Dude, it's just them, as usual, spinning off their characters. You know? Like... I just, I'm sorry. I just, I, I just remembered it for some reason. It just popped my head. You, I just you know like, what I just I, thought? I, it wouldn't... Su- stupid again. It wouldn't surprise me if one day there was Summer Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise no, me. No, that's too obvious. Like, uh, Autumn Soldier. Autumn Soldier. Fall Soldier or Fall something Soldier, like that. Soldier, yeah. Dude, they can't help themselves. They love... They just love the idea of spinning their fucking ever-dwindling oh, characters. I've got I've got one for you. Mm. They, they'll, they'll spin off uh, and create another uh, Juggernaut, but they'll call him <laughs> Jugger One. Jugger One. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Or Chuggernaut. <laughs> Chuggernaut. Chuggernaut. Or something or something. Ch- Chuggernaut, their alcoholic version of Juggernaut. Uh, uh, this is terrible. <laughs> it's, all, it's awful, but like... Unfortunately, that's the kind of level of um, ideas they have at Marvel now. They just... Uh, White Widow. It means dude, it's, nothing. it's people... Like, I get it. People used to get baked and write comic books, but now you know what it is? It's the kids getting high for the first time, and they're like, oh, fuck, I've got a great idea. White Widow. What's she like? Yeah, exactly like Black Widow, but white. <laughs> she wears white. The opposite of black, right? Oh, just do a White Widow then. What, what else? Uh, uh, she's a sister, and she's exactly the same. That's all I got. I mean, are they going to do the Green Lantern route and they're going to have a Red Widow and a yes. Blue Widow and an Orange Widow? I think that is definitely on the cards. <laughs> um, a Rainbow Widow. Um, yeah, it's all going to happen, man, and I'm sure it will suck. Now, Wizards of the Coast is finally starting to publish comic book... Oh, sorry, novels other than Drixed. Fantasy author Jolia Johnson will write a series of books set in the Forgotten Realms called The Fallback, starting in 2024. Just as Wizards of the Coast ends its exclusive distribution contact, contract with Penguin Random House, uh, Johnson wrote the D and D Honor Among Thieves prequel book and wrote five Realms novels between 2008 and 2012 before Hasbro killed the novel line. The book is about a team of adventurers who go on a quest for a lost spellbook and discover their employee is their employer is killed and they get accused of the murder. I would like to get this person on Signal and, and I will reach out and see if we can get that person because I think that sounds interesting. Um, and they'll be wanting to promote their book because why not, man? Um, I also want to get Bob Salvatore. He's one of my goals who wrote mm. the Tricks novels. Well, I haven't read this guy's book, so I can't comment. Yeah. Did you watch Creature from the Pit, by the way? Or should we save that for next week? I'm happy. I to did watch it, yeah. No, okay. I watched it. All right. Well, 
Mm, let's save the creature from the pit review for next week because I'm only halfway through it. Okay, so we'll save that for our. <laughs> we'll, well, I have seen it. I, obviously, I've seen it, but not for 20 years, and I'm loving it. I've watched the first two episodes, and I'm loving it. Do you? Are you? In, did you enjoy it? That's my first question. Yeah, we enjoyed it a lot. We had a good laugh. All right. So next episode, drum roll. Brrr, we will do the full review of Creature of the Pit, the classic Fourth Doctor story that came straight out after City of Death. I. Well, that's probably a good idea because we already reviewed. Well, you've reviewed two of the the last two specials. So. That's right. Yeah. I, I, uh, we'll, I save, we'll save that for uh, the next week to, to have something Doctor Who to... Related, yeah. Because uh, the next special isn't coming out till Christmas. The Christmas special is coming yeah, out. It's coming out at Christmas. Which um, I have zero interest in. Oh, well. Well, well, you've watched three specials, so I think that's enough for you. You know? I think I've done, I've done my duty. Is it well, just, I will watch the third I will ask you this question. Rich, is it just because he's black? <laughs> uh, no, it's it's... <laughs> I'm it's because I'm sure that he's going to be a, a, um, a, a raging uh, um, <laughs> a non-binary or something. Sure, sure. I was only kidding. Uh, yeah, whatever, man. But uh, he seemed okay. Like, in the limited time that he had on you the... Know, dude, I said this from the start. Like, mm. I've, I have zero issues with... Um, I have no problem with the Doctor changing race. I've only ever had a, an issue with them deciding that time laws can change gender. Yeah, but do, do, I don't know. Because I, I, I thought, look, everyone has a line, right? Sure. And my line is, I just don't believe that when a body regenerates right. from damage or whatever, <laughs> that it would do such an extreme thing of changing, body, like biology, genitalia, you know what I mean? Like chromosomes, all that sort of shit to regenerate the body. Now, Changing skin color, you know, I wouldn't, I would have not had any problem with there one day being like a British Indian doctor or like a Jamaican, right. you know what I mean, like a, a, right. a, a, a black doctor. Uh-huh. I've got no issues with that. I've never had an issue. Like, I'd be like, hey, whatever cool guy that you mm. can get uh-huh. to play the doctor, I'm down for. I'm, I don't have any issues with that. Um, I just, I, for me, from a fantasy world, sure. right, from like what my brain can. Take. can say what it's willing to accept accept for fiction mm. that one just went over the line for me yeah I, I mean I didn't care I, I, I always thought that he should have been a woman at some point but whatever um, Marvel's box office it looks like I was right and I do enjoy being right saying it will take under 300 million worldwide Disney mm. have said they'll stop reporting numbers now it's limped oh, of course they will to 197 million worldwide I don't know what Disney hopes to achieve by that because everyone knows the movie's bombed, Disney. We know it's a bomb, you know. So. Yeah, but I just don't want people to know how bad. Yeah, how bad, yeah. They want to just... So the last bad we'll know is that it didn't even make 300, but now we'll never know if it, how close it got to, like, a, to 300. So I've got a question. Is it the lowest MCU movie? Yes, I'm pretty sure it's the absolute lowest. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, they, they reap what they sow. Um, and by the way, I just want to say this. Like, I'm utterly sick and tired of people saying that the movie mm. didn't do well. Like, and I don't care what the movie is. I don't care if it's this movie or another movie. When they turn around and say, oh, the the woman-hating trolls have yeah. made it so this movie doesn't do well. I'm mm. like, how? Yeah. By, by not saying it, I how, guess. How, how are the trolls so powerful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they can stop people from going to go watch your movie. Yeah, it's bullshit, man. It's well, bullshit. one, it, it's an MCU movie. 
people already know what the MCU movies are and have been for the last, what, 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the fuck can you tell me that whatever trolls, misogynist trolls, whatever you call that, the amount of power you think that they can wield... I know. It's bullshit, man. Did they go and barricade all the doors so that people could buy tickets or something? Like, what, because they left some bad reviews... It, it 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 bombed the movie. Are you insane, dude? There's been many bombs before in history, and to try to blame this, like it's just bullshit, man. Like, there's there's multiple reasons for why this movie is bombed, and most no, most of it is Disney's fault. Some like troll campaign, because I'm like, yeah. Are you like, how do you think that they that they have that much power? Like, are you telling me like? Like misogynistic trolls have got this amount of power that they can yeah. decide if a movie is successful or not. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Then again, if that's true, why do the why do you even bother making these movies if they have that much power to kill your movie? Well, the the same, you know, if you want to call them trolls, were actively campaigning against the first one, which made a lot of money. You know, so it's like whatever. Like, you know, it's just bullshit, man. Like, it's it's Disney and their stooges. And like Look, sometimes they're paid employees. Generally, uh, against all the MCU movies, regardless, yeah. right? Mm. People were against the Eternals, Shang Chi, whatever, whatever, whatever. But those movies still made more. Than yeah, Shang Chi fucking did, and there's a shit movie for you. With Why don't fucking... you just admit, right? Just unfortunately, just admit that maybe people just don't care about this character, and maybe they also don't really like the actress. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, simple and, no, and they're tied to the formula. The, the, the negative reviews didn't hurt or you know, weren't helpful, of course. Mm. Not saying they have no factor whatsoever, but I don't think it's the sole factor of the death of that movie. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a joke, really, man. Um, now, this is interesting. An American comic store owner who uploaded a video complaining about the state and quality of comic books uh and yeah basically the situation was that he was basically saying that um it didn't seem like the modern writers actually love superheroes and apparently there was a bit of pile on from um some comic book creators who were commenting mm. on his weight and appearance um which is interesting because aren't they these are the same people who are like you know everyone is blessed with their body shape and all that shit well, isn't that funny yeah don't yeah. fat shame people don't fat shame, right. but yeah, they fat threw is that. Beautiful, but as soon as it's a fat guy, yeah, who doesn't who like your shit, doesn't like your, who doesn't like your comic books, yeah, then all of a sudden it's like, of... oh, he looks like he's got salami breath, and yeah. he looks like he lives in the basement. Oh, he's the yeah. living version of comic book guy, and it's like, wow. So yeah. you're attacking him, yeah. But one thing I did notice in all of those attacks was a counter argument to the points he was making because the points he was making I watched a bit of the video yeah points he was making is that basically all of these writers are self-insert writers yeah this is what we've been saying for a while now what they do is they say what would I do if I was Batman sure you know what I mean what would I like to tell these people about being transphobes if I was Batman it's like well that's not Batman Batman just wakes up and goes I'm really going to take these transphobes to account today yeah but you know what I mean and he's not wrong a lot of the the current crop of writers they write the comics how they want the characters in the comics to be not what they should be yeah no I I think he's got some good points um, he he didn't attack anyone by the way he didn't I watched again most of it 
He didn't call anyone sort of like names. Yeah. Right. All he said was that they interject their policies, their politics too much, mm. and they self-insert their beliefs and their points of views too much. Yeah. In the comics, which is not wrong. We've read some of this crap. Oh yeah, yeah. Throughout, throughout the years, he's not wrong. Oh no, he's he's he's. He's on the money, dude. Like he's he's not hitting. He's at thirty years. He's been running a comic book shop for thirty years. Yeah, dude. Right? Imagine I some of these fucking creators. I think he's got some experience. Exactly. Exactly. He's got his finger on the pulse. He's seen people leave. You know what? He's also seen. He's seen people abandon fucking books and companies that he's selling, and who are telling him why they are doing it. So it doesn't. The feedback doesn't get any more direct sometimes mm. it's like many many years ago many moons ago when i walked into king's comics a comic store that i love and said i'm cancelling my punisher and i can't stand this frankencastle shit wasn't it wasn't king's comics fault it was marvel's fault and fucking the stupid writer and that stupid storyline and i'm a died in the wool punisher fan who and like call me right or wrong but why? There's the reason, and it was given to the retailer, and the retailer knows why. So, unless he got someone else coming in that day going, oh, you know what, Frankie Castle, way to go, sign me up for Punisher, he knows that he's lost a sale, you know, that was uh, before that. No, it's a very small example, but it's it's basically what has happened over the last, I reckon since 2010, basically, is when the slide really started. And it only gotten, it's only gotten worse since about 2015. So and, well, yeah. that's what I was going to say. I think it was a slow slide mm. around about 2010. Yeah. But it really escalated off around about 2016. Totally agree. Totally agree. And um, and I think that, yeah, he, like I, I don't get why people are criticising him. He, he knows his store. You know what I mean? Like He's allowed to have a fucking opinion. So Mark Miller was actually had him, was going to have him on the show, and he's saying I'm sickened by how people are bullying this guy and trying to yeah. shout him off the internet for having an opinion. I saw Gal Simone sort of say, you know what, like it, she was kind of like, look, he's got a lot of good points over 30 years. You know, she gave a very balanced comment. I noticed yeah. herself. Like, so it's not all these people who are, and she's pretty regressive. Like, it's kind of like slow your roll. I, I had one guy on Twitter who was just rant, like he's a he was a he's a penciler, I think. And he was ranting and raging and calling everyone, everything under the sun, Rich, we're all terrible people. And comics have, what they, what they love to say is, you outgrew comics, they changed, they're not for you anymore, you old white man. And it's like, <laughs> like, it's like, firstly, it's like, fuck you, because, you know, like, you're probably, you're probably pretty old or similar to my age yourself. And God forbid if you're white. Oh my God, I don't know how you get up in the morning. But, like, it's also, like, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds so much. You know, like, you know, but, it, it's just but, but, this is But this is also, uh, like, he's a perfect example, and so is, like, the, the that Rachel Zegler, whatever her name is, oh. is they, they, they think history only happened in the last 20 years. Sure. Right? So when he goes, oh, you know, comics have changed, and I'm like, yeah, mate, the hero's journey hasn't changed. Sure. The hero's journey has been part of our storytelling narrative for a long time. Hundreds, if not thousands of years. Sure. Right? The hero's journey is something that... Uh, now, yes, I know that Joseph Campbell sort of coined it, but he coined it from studying. Yeah. 
the like old you know the the greek tales and all that sort of stuff and like like he he studied like story narrative and all that and he discovered there's basically what the hero's journey is so no storytelling has maybe become more nuanced but but good storytelling hasn't changed mm. right the fundamentals of good storytelling have not changed they haven't outgrown us same with that like the 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 racist when she goes oh the movie was made in 1937 evidently so and it's like bitch oh, the movie right. was made in 1937 snow white is hundreds of years old oh that's right she was, she's the snow white who hates snow white is that is that her yeah yeah, yeah you remember that bit. but you know what i mean she's only focused on the movie yeah and it's like bitch the the, the tale of snow white is hundreds of years old yeah it's like that's a grim, grim fairy grim fairy tale yeah that's right. That's just the Disney version. Isn't isn't it a Grimm's fairy tale? Am I, am I right in saying that? No, they adapted it. Oh, okay, right. So even their version is not the like the original oh, version. Oh, there's they like even, an original kind of myth or something. Even they kind of um, right, tweaked it. Disney-fied it themselves in a sense. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's but so funny. My point is that story has like the story of Snow White, right? The story of the, yeah. a princess, you know, with the mother and all that. That. Yeah. has been around for hundreds of years. Right. Yeah. It's not new. The concept of a finding Prince Charming or finding... It's not... That's not changed. That's been yeah. there for hundreds of years. It's not a 1937 thing. And it's the same with this fucking idiot. There's a reason that comics have been around mm. for such a long time. And it's because at the core, they haven't changed. They're supposed to be about entertaining, about adventure, sure. about exactly. heroics. Dude, right? Yeah. yeah. It's that's that's not changed. That is still what people want. Definitely. You've look, you've changed comics. That is correct. Yeah. That's what I would say to that. I would say you're absolutely right. You have changed comics for the worse. For the worse. I was gonna say for the worse and, and, and worsening sales too. And I wanna I wanna this guy was like on the internet, um, on Twitter or X I should say, was like, Comic sales are, are still great. And and I replied, Comic sales fuck suck uh, for the big two you know like their their weekly comics suck in sales he's like trade paperbacks are up i'm like yeah no shit a lot of reprints as well like i guarantee you but again that's the older god us yeah us useless yeah us terrible racist sexist old shit because we won't buy the new shit i don't know how we i don't know how we get up in the day man and get on with that day we're so fucking terrible like oh my god how could we ever have liked batman it's just you know like oh please kill me now you you know like it's like give me a fucking break firstly Uh, you know then we had guess who stepped in tom fucking brevoard the fucking clown of all clowns you know, with his fucking chicken shit hat on once again. And supposedly his substack, by the way, is called Man with a Hat. And if I'm not vomiting right now, I don't know how <laughs> possible. Um, yeah, now he's like saying, I feel confident in saying the medium will survive. It continues to grow in all sorts of inter- interesting directions. <laughs> and I think Michael Kilishim wrote, is he talking about his waistline? He then says, but the days of a spinner rack and every mom-and-pop candy store are likely gone forever, mostly because that type of store no longer exists. And Michael made a good point. That has been dead for 30 years. The direct market store, uh, now the stores that sell comics, the direct stores, um, they no, no longer sell new comics because no one buys them and the retailers lose money. Instead of addressing why, 
woke, poor art, poor story, price, etc. He lives in a fantasy land pretending everything is fine. And then he's got a picture of that dog saying it's fine, everything is fine with the fucking file around him. And he's even got his chicken shit hat on. Now, I want to say, I read Brevoort's thing. Like, the, the thing with Brevoort, I think, is like probably once upon a time he was a pretty good editor. Um, he hopped on board this progressive bandwagon and he's milked it to death ever since. And you know what I was... I was mowing the lawn today. And you know what I realised about him and C.B. Sabolsky? They're both old white men. Yeah, and you know how they rail again? You, you've aged out. Fuck you. Comics have changed. You're just an old obsolete piece of shit. It's like, well, what the fuck are you? You're older than me, Brevoort. You know, like... Nah, but that, that that's, that's, that's too... Old white guys trying to stay relevant. I know. Dude, I know it is, and I get it. He wants to keep his job, so he'll say whatever. If they came out to him tomorrow and said, oh, we guess what, um, Peter Parker's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be black, and he's going to be gay, and he's going to, like, eat Mary Jane and, and like, you know, say, I, I hate marriage, he'd be like, yeah, okay, sounds good. You know, whatever. Like, it's just whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Whatever he's told to fucking do, he'll do anything to appease the masses. We've done a study, and it turns out I, I saw the sentry, who I always thought was a pretty lame character to begin with, is now female, is now exactly the same rich as the old sentry. The old sentry's gone, though. That old white guy, man. Forget about him. We've got the all-new female sentry. Well, don't forget there's also a rumour that... Uh... <laughs> In the MCU, the Silver Surfer will be a female as well. I might kill myself if that happens. Um, yeah, I, look, it's lame as fuck, basically. And and it's not a sexist comment. It's just so stupid. By the way, wasn't Silver Surfer Stan Lee's favourite fucking character? Like, so, Jesus... I don't honestly know. I believe... Spider-Man, but... No, I believe... I believe... Well, Stan probably told everyone a lot of stories, but I believe I've seen Stan Lee saying Silver Surfer is his favourite, whether that's true or not. But, like, the dust is you barely... You said that at the time when they had the Silver Surfer cartoon. Yeah, the dust has barely settled on his grave, and I don't know. Like, fuck them, basically. Fuck Brevoort. Um, he is a clown. He's a fucking clown. And, and the man with the hat substack. if you're paying to get that, call for an immediate refund. But I also question, like, this is, this, is, this, this is the part I hate, okay? All the rest of it's like, you're old, you're racist, you're this, you're that. Okay, but guess what? Oh, comic book sales are doing very well. Look at manga sales, look at this, look at that. I, and I said, yes, all things that you aren't responsible for. Yes, you're taking credit for these manga sales, which I agree, the fucking kids are queuing up for them. I don't really get it, but they are. But you know what they're not doing? They're not flooding the Marvel fucking shelves. So it's like, what? I don't understand. Like, you're like a, a fucking car manufacturer and, like, you're in charge of, I don't know, Volkswagen. And meanwhile, Mercedes are flying off the fucking shelves and Volkswagen sales are on the toilet. You're like, oh, yeah, but Mercedes is doing really well. But, no, but car sales are up. Car sales are up. Yeah, yours are way fucking down. Like, that's what I don't get. Like... You know, it's it's like, he's just like, there is no problem. Uh, comics are way up if you take into account manga. It's like, yes, things that Marvel don't fucking do, you know, or do very fucking few few of. Like no, 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 no. Manga has got nothing to do with Marvel. Like, nothing No, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, but, but, but that's the kind of shit they bring up. It's... And it's, this is what I said on, 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 on X, and I hate calling it that, but I will say that just to put clarity. I go, 
it is Brevoort is the example of the guy rationalizing his own failures in real time. His 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 own shit is all fucked up. And he's rationalizing it. Like, oh there is no problem here because manga sales are way up. And it's like, dude, the best thing Marvel probably have done in the last ten years is invest in that epic collection line. Because it's it, it's mm. a, it's an affordable line between the omnibuses which are very highly priced a lot of the time, and probably sometimes I think I question some of their choices because I'm like, does that deserve an omnibus? But that's neither here nor there. Their epic collection line is, I think, a really good thing. And you know what that is, Rich, mostly? It's a lot of 70s and 80s. There is some stuff that's 90s, and there's occasionally something else, but mostly it's all 70s and 80s, and it flies off the fucking shelves, you know? Mm. And... So if Brevoort's responsible for that, he deserves a pat on the back because that's the best thing he's done in years. But somehow, I doubt it is. He seems to be all about the new stuff. And he's also just a hype man. So it's like everyone, you know, was always like, Stan Lee like, was just a salesman. Yeah, he was a lot better fucking salesman than the man with the hat. Yeah, but he also had, um, he also had good product to push. Yeah, yeah. It's very easy to be a hype man. A genuine hype man when you've actually got a good product to push. Yeah. Also, can I say this? Stanley was a lot more fucking likable than Brevoort. You ever seen Brevoort on stage? <laughs> uh, dude, when he's not calling you a racist and a sexist, like that seems to be 50% of his stuff. I love it when they're like, comics, comics have changed, never left you behind, you old overweight piece of shit. And it's like, what a way to talk to your audience that is looking to spend money. It's like if I walked in to buy a fucking fridge off you, Rich, and you were like, look at fucking you coming into my store, you fucking... You just changed, man. They've left you behind. Yeah, left you, you, you want a fucking... piece of shit. You want a fridge, you piece of shit. You're like, you know what? Maybe I'll spend my money elsewhere. Fuck you. And and, and it's like... But that is Brevoort at the end of the day. He's very smug. He's very self-satisfied with himself because he's obviously paid a pretty penny. And it's like he somehow got lifetime membership. He's blocked out much better fucking writers and much better artists. He's blocked out heaps of people. He all he cares about is his fucking job, and he is a clown of the first fucking degree. And and I'll say this now. My final comment on Brevoort for the end of this year: Go fuck yourself, Tom Brevoort. Take a look in the mirror, you overweight piece of shit. You know, and um, and get that. I'd like to get that hat and throw it in the fucking bin. Um, I don't. I just hate Tom Brevoort basically. Um. I don't fucking care about anything else about this article other than to say fuck Tom Brevoort. You know, have you got any comments, Rich? No, I don't. Uh, I don't rate the guy at all. So <sighs> he's a zero, man. He's, he's a zero. And Akira Yoshida is just his fat clone. I've got. I haven't got the energy to launch on Akira Yoshida tonight. But oh, fuck him. As well. uh, one thing I say, I just love that you keep calling him by his. Uh, oh fuck him! Yeah. Name. Oh fuck him! Yeah, his fake name. He's like, I'm never letting that go. His fake Japanese name. He could go fuck himself too. But, but mostly I want to direct all the fucking shots at Brevoort this, this week. He's copying it left, right and centre. If this was Rocky, uh, Rocky's got him up against the fucking ropes and it's just pummeling on him. You know, it's like the Rocky last, last round championship win or something, you know. Anyway, Richard, getting off my fucking rant because I hate Brevoort so much. Now, John Lennon, documentary. So is this documentary out on Apple or no? Or I is it? don't know. It's a John Lennon documentary. On Apple Plus. What does that mean? Is that Apple TV? Can someone get on this fucking thing? Can, is, is, is someone able to look at the fucking news and tell me what the fuck's going on? It, okay. 
Eyewitness reports of the assassination and the killer's confession that he killed Lennon because he was a phony. This isn't breaking news, by the way. This is this is old news. The three-part series is narrated by Kiefer Sutherland and will have previously unreleased crime scene photos and testimony. Okay. Well, he's always said... Like, that's been knowledge for years that he thought John Lennon was a phony. He was also massively... The guy was a complete psychotic. Like, I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm saying he should have been given the fucking chair. But, um, anyway. Fuck that guy. Um, why... So, basically, from what I know... Uh, what was his name? Mark David Chapman. He got an autograph from John Lennon, who was promoting Double Fantasy at the time. It had just, it had just come out. Double Fantasy was only out for a, a couple of weeks before this happened the fateful day and John Lennon had a pretty open life in New York City like he would walk around the streets by himself or with Yoko you know um he did a signing there is a there is a there is a photo that day of him getting his autograph with John Lennon so there's a photo of the two of them he then I think lurked around I guess the building uh, the Dakota um apartment complex where John Lennon and Yoko lived and I th- believe I, he may have shot him from behind even, I think, or maybe from the front, but, but John Lennon was wearing a leather jacket and I think one of the bullets got lodged in the jacket and the rest hit him and, yeah, he died. Like, so a lot of the facts are there, but I will watch this. Rich, have you got anything on this documentary Are you using Google while I'm talking? Um, can you find out where the fuck this thing comes out? Um, now, there's a show discussion point. Um, why is it only musicians who get killed by deranged fans? You never hear about actors or authors dying like that. Um, Lennon, Selena, who's <laughs> dying bag Daryl? <laughs> Am I supposed to know? <laughs> Am I supposed to know who that is? <laughs> dying bag Daryl's. Dying bag Daryl's no longer with us, Rich. Bad security. Well, John Lennon had no security. I don't. I don't think John Lennon had any security on that day. He may have had a one bodyguard, but. He walked around New York fairly freely um, in from the mid seventies, I think, to nineteen eighty. Especially in that era of nineteen eighty, when he'd released Double Fantasy. Like he would walk to Central Park with with um, Yoko because it was just across the road. I've been there. Um, it's very sad. I think, I think it's because um, music is different. Sure. Like, um, I mean, books. It's a bit harder because. Um, mm. Sometimes you don't even know what it is. Well, Salem Rushdie, I guess, got attacked. Yeah. But also, I mean, a lot of authors, they might have a different pen name. Sure. You might not even know what they look like. But musicians are a bit different because I think music hits you different. Sure. Because with the musician, it's their words. Mm. It's their music. And so you maybe feel a much stronger connection. Sure. Because the music elicits emotions. Um, emotion response. Uh, whereas maybe movies don't quite do the same thing do you know what i mean like yeah. um i'm trying to think of a know, single actor who's been assassinated i can't think of anyone right now i can't uh, think of anyone. oh i'm sure they have been well tupac was a musician <laughs> i was like tupac yeah he's a musician dave idiot well, um, they did transition to be an actor and then got shot so he did um, he did a bit of a bit of movie work i guess but mostly a musician and that was a drug thing a rap bullshit thing wasn't it like it was some kind of weird rap thing i don't even know what it was um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but Tupac would have had security, I'm sure, because he was in, in some sort of rap war with someone, I believe. Mm. So God knows what's going on there. But 
Anyway, um, it's just sad, really sad. And in fact, it's only just past the anniversary of it, I think, happening. I think it was the 8th of December, I want to say, I think. So it's really sad. I hate that John Lennon got shot and killed. I, I, I like I don't hang, on, hang on, hang on. Oh, okay, but it wasn't but a fan, though. I was going to say um, mm. the... Um, what? We just watched it in the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Sharon Tate. Yeah, like, you know, uh, she was, but that was more... That was like a Manson weirdo, family thing. Yeah, that was a weirdo cult thing and all that. Yeah, that was a Manson family um, thing. Yeah. But it is, it, it's mostly musicians, though. Um, it's. I think it's just because it's it's music, man. I think music just, mm. it, it hits people different. There's that's, not that's that many, though. When I, when I think about it, there's not that many. Like John Lennon, I mean, Dimebag Daryl. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I'm having a look because I'm looking at it. So there's like a top 10 list, and obviously John is on there. Oh, Selena, mm. the, um, yeah. the, the Latin singer chick. Sure. She Bob Marley? Killed, no, uh, no, Bob Marley. Marvin Gaye was killed by his father, I believe. Yeah, Dime, Dimebag Daryl. <laughs> um, uh, Christina Grimmy? Grim, I have no idea who that even is, Rich. Like, American singer, Rosa Inter. Oh, that was the internet star. Um, internet but these aren't famous people. Dimebag Daryl yeah. and Christina Grimmy are not well known. Versace. Yeah. Um... She was singing. Oh, uh, Andres Escobar. I remember that that was the soccer player, the Colombian guy who missed the. I think he missed the penalty, and then when he got back, someone shot him. But not a singer. That's my point. It's no, no, no. But I mean, athlete. Two soccer players, but that's basically Cameroon and like Colombia. So that's like the weirdo fucking yeah. uh, uh, countries. Uh, Rebecca Schaefer, popular TV actress from the eighties. Uh, Mikhail Lermontov, uh, Russian author. And obviously Jesse James, um, Jesse, although I don't know if he's Jesse a celebrity. Jesse James, the fucking cowboy? Yeah. Well, how the fuck <laughs> is that anything to do with assassinations of actors? Well, he was, he, well, he was killed by supposedly a guy that was like a fan of his or that just got sort of jealous or something. I don't really? Know. And he was famous for being a bank robber, so I mean... But he, yeah, he's a bank robber. Uh, anyway, well, like, you, you, but you I feel famous people. <laughs> yeah, but I thought we were focusing on actors, and you're bringing up Jesse James. <laughs> on this list, there's four musicians, two soccer players, I'm just uh, saying, one author, one well, actress. I tell you and something. I tell you something that no one. I tell you something that no one. Everyone forgets George Harrison in about 1999. Uh, he had a home invader who stabbed him like 30 times. Seriously, mm. look, and his wife knocked the guy out with a lamp. Now, I think the guy was completely mentally deranged and may not have even known who George Harrison was. I I think it was more a case of... George Harrison obviously had a massive mansion and, like, nice gardens and stuff. And um, so I don't know... I don't know the details, but I got a feeling that may not have been a um, a fan, more so just, uh, uh, like, a like a mentally unstable guy robbing a house who then attacked George, who came down to see what the noise was. So, but, like, no one remembers that. I remember it because when it happened, because I don't think it was reported that it was as bad as it was. You know, like, he got stabbed 30 times. Like, he's lucky to have survived, you know? Mm. Um, it's just such a tragedy with John Lennon as well. And George Harrison, who then passed away from cancer, not that long after either. It wasn't that long after that George Harrison died. It was only a few years. Um, you know, it's just sad. I mean, Tom Petty died. Um, really sad. Really sad. I, I just, I hate death, man. Like, to be honest. Like, when it comes, 
the Reaper man, you well, know. To be fair, it doesn't look like there's been that many famous people killed by fans. If yeah. if they well, can only, and, and I've just shoot a few lists now, and it all seems to be the same people. Sure. On like a list, so uh, it's you it's can yes that. still argue it's predominantly musicians, but there's not that many people that it happens to. Exactly, exactly. There's a Spider-Man noir live-action series moving forward at Amazon. It set in its own universe, Rich, and you'll be relieved to know the main character is not that pesky Peter Parker. Um, oh, thank God! There's just this, you know. I hated when Peter Parker's the Spider-Man. It's I mean, just so yeah, terrible. it's just awful that Peter Parker. I mean, oh my God, he's a straight white guy, Rich. How does he even like? Who the fuck made him yeah. Spider-Man? Like Stanley? Yeah, I mean, who wants, who wants that pathetic guy being Spider-Man? <laughs> honestly. It's so funny. They're like, they're like, oh no, we can't make a Peter Parker. It's like because they convinced themselves that like, it's like everyone likes Peter Parker. Get over it. Anyway, so Spider Man Noir was played by Nick Cage, I believe, in Spider Verse, wasn't he? Am I right in saying that? I think so. That was Sounds awesome. Right. I love that. Um, Mark Millar moves his Miller World imprint to Dark Horse. This includes five new series he will launch in twenty twenty four. They're already planning new oversized library editions of past Miller uh, works Dark Horse actually do a really good job with those library editions and stuff like that like I actually think Dark Horse are really repositioning themselves I know they've got Bendis' awful shit but like you can just ignore it it's like I'm glad it you know what I'm glad that Bendis fans can go and buy his stuff from Dark Horse because like he's out of DC you know so I, I'll never say that that like a popular person like him doesn't deserve an imprint he, feel free his fans can go out but Mark Millar, I think, um, I think his deal is with Netflix. Then Netflix makes a deal, and um, yeah, I think it's really good. There was also a lame attempt to cancel Mark Millar this week because I think he was supporting that guy, um, and also he had his plan for the industry. Uh, at some point, there's always a thing to yeah. cancel Mark Millar because he talks to people from quote unquote comics gate and yeah right wingers and all that sort of crap. Yeah, exactly. He's been around the block a few times. I don't think he's quite as um, as sort of like. I also think he's got the advantage where he's he's made a lot of money and he's got deals set up and stuff and he's definitely not at the beck and call of Marvel and DC and their every whim so I think he's a bit like I'm fine <laughs> you yeah. know like I'm okay uh, Warner Brothers I thought you'd find this interesting sparked anger by pulling over 1,000 seasons of content from PlayStation users including paid content a lot of it was Discovery stuff that's obviously now under uh, Warner's. And I thought this was an interesting one, Rich, because you've brought it up before that you don't actually own your digital content. Um, nope. And, yeah. that You know what the thing that worries me? And I'm kind of glad that Amazon bought Comixology because Amazon, all the stuff on Comixology, I'm, I'm reading on my Amazon Kindle app now, and I don't even notice the difference, frankly. Like, if you told me that it was one or the other, I wouldn't even know, you know? So, mm. I guess Amazon... The thing is, yeah. um, I think it... I, I, I don't have a problem with them pulling the stuff, mm. but it's the fact that they've even taken it away from the people who bought the stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, if something leaves a streaming service, that's fine. Sure. Right? Because there's you know, streaming rights, distribution rights, all this yeah. sort of stuff. Things leave streaming services all the time. That's not a big deal. But if someone paid and then you're saying, yeah. well, we're taking it out of your library because we've lot, you know, we don't have the rights to it anymore. It's like, yeah, but this is why people have an issue with, digital because you don't own it but yeah. i feel like i feel like if you buy it that it should still be allowed to now you can keep it on your device but if you delete it 
Yes. Then it's gone. Yes. Right. Okay. okay. I think that's a fair compromise where you say, look, that's fine. As long as you keep it on your hard drive. Yeah. The stuff you bought, you can have access to. But if you accidentally delete or whatever, you can't re-download it because we won't have it on the platform for you to, to download it. I think that's fair. I've got a question. You know, I've got a question. Um, with with Comixology, you know, I, I, I have a lot of Comixology content, like tons, from over the years. And most of it, nearly all of it, bought on sales. Sometimes the... Well, shit happens where you buy collections and then the publisher who owns the rights to that comic changes. For example, I got all the Dark Horse... Savage Sword of Conan um, collections digitally at a really cheap price. I bought them all. And then, as we know, uh, eventually Dark Horse, who had held the rights for X many years, like 20 years, lost the rights back to Marvel, and the rights have then changed again. You can still, and that's only one example, but you can still get all those um, books on Comixology. They're still there when I search my account. They wouldn't be there if you want. If you were like, man, you know what? I want to buy the digital copy of the Dark Horse Savage Sword of Collection Volume Six. You can't go in and buy that now, but it's still there on my Comicsology account, which I'm relieved which by. Is, that's the way it should be. Yes. Yeah, I'm relieved by that because I was a bit naive and didn't even think of that at the time. But you know? again, I think if you were to delete it, then you are then you. No, no, it. it's no, it's 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 still there. Like I don't have all thirty volumes downloaded onto my iPad. It's just there in my cloud account. So, I hope that stays the same. But it wouldn't surprise oh, me. No, if I was one say, I hope, I just hope nothing happens to your cloud. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, have you heard about this Godzilla minus one? Uh, I'm I'm only I've hearing. Been hearing good about it yes yeah i'm only hearing good things too it, it, so is it a movie that's out in the cinemas now because i'm tempted to go watch it um it's out in american cinemas i do know that i've had several um, people shane at shane plays um which is a great podcast i listen to shane plays geek talk um he's a really chilled out guy um in the states he was he messaged me and said it's awesome and I've heard other people who are really heavily into Godzilla um, say it's awesome. And I'm sort of like, I want to watch it, actually. I, like, I'll probably wait for streaming, but, like, I'm excited by it. Because yeah. I must admit, I enjoyed Godzilla Kong. I mean, I, I know it was kind of shit, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, but this is, this is not the... That's not that, eh? No, I know. This is, like, more like... This is the Japanese version. Yeah, but I feel like I'm ready for that. I'm like, yeah. I, because I, there, I, is yeah. A, there is a Godzilla movie that is part of that Kong one. That's, there's a new one. The trailer just dropped for that. Right. Okay. Well, I, I'm talking so, about Godzilla Minus One. Yeah, Godzilla Minus One is, is, is the Japanese-made one. So okay. that's going to be subtitled or whatever. And that's still where it's kind of like it's a combination of a guy in a suit and oh, CGI really? and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it looks hell of a lot better now, but okay. um, it still it doesn't it doesn't look like the Godzilla from that um, the American okay. Godzilla and Kong movies. It's, well, it's look, the more classical. It's the more classical Godzilla look. Okay, I'm no expert on Godzilla, but I feel like I'm ready for a particularly like I'm ready for the Japanese a good Japanese version. You know, like so if people are telling oh, me been doing, uh, some good versions i mean the, the the one prior to this one was good as well okay well i'm on the lookout for it when it comes out we might do a cinema of doom when it comes out on stream we might do a cinema of doom on that because i think it'd be interesting uh, i'm this... taking alicia to go watch uh, the the boy and the heron okay next week which is the most What's recent uh, studio ghibli movie 
Okay. Well, you can do a review of that, Rich, for the show, because I certainly won't be watching it. Um, this is you suck, bro. Yeah. I, I just suck. I'm just hopeless, basically. But anyway, I'm trying hard, Rich. I'm, didn't I say that I want to get involved in this Pluto thing and something else this week? I'm like, I'm trying hard to catch up, you know. Studio Ghibli is awesome, though. Man. I know, dude, but I just don't have the patience. You know, it's just a lot of, <laughs> like, it's just artsy-fartsy shit to me when I see it. Like, I just, like, I, my eyes just glaze over with that stuff. You know, I just can't, I just can't, Such a shame. I just can't take it seriously. I just like, I'm, I just think it, it's beautiful, but it's also boring to me, you know? And everyone's like, it's the greatest thing of all time. I'm like, yeah, it's okay, I guess. So, have um, you, so what, you, have you, can you name a Studio Ghibli movie that you've watched? Yes, Spirited Away. Hell's Moving have you Castle. Watched, have you watched, okay, you've watched Hell's Moving Castle. I love Hell's Moving you haven't Moving watched, Castle. um... Um, uh, Castle in the Sky, right? No, no. Um, and uh, um, if you know, you even watch Princess Monarchy. No, dude. No. If you want one that's actually like bloody and yeah, I do. Like, violent and all that, Princess Monarchy. They okay. also did an adaptation of um, um, what? Uh, shit, I forgot it now. It's a novel. Um, uh, okay. Oh, we'll get it in a second. It's oh. uh, Earthsea. Earthsea. Never heard of it. Oh, yeah, Earthsea. The, yeah, I love those novels. Yeah, well, they, they've got a, a movie really? adaptation of, of Earthsea. Is it animated? Yeah. Really? Yes. I love Earthsea novels. They're awesome. <laughs> Studio Ghibli's got some, like... Cutesy wootsy ones, right? Yeah, but no it's shit. also some really fun ones like. Um, and what's uh, the Earth Sea thing like? What's the Earth Sea thing Rosso like? Porco is really good. What is it? Uh, Nausicaa is good. Uh, Porco Rosso. It's like basically a pig. It's a a pig in a, 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 a fighter. You know the um, the Red Baron type of um, mm. biplanes and all that that they had. Mm. It's kind of like a classic, not Indiana Jones, but like adventure war. And sort it's of thing. a pig. You've got Norsica, which is a fantasy sort of... Um, Valley of the Wind, yeah? Spirit of One. Is, um, it, is there one called Valley of the Wind? No, it's Norsica uh, of the Valley of the Wind. I've seen that. The, I've seen that. I yeah. fell asleep but in that. Monica is really, really good. That's one of my favorite ones. Okay, well... And Tales of Earthsea, that's an adaptation that they got. And what's that like? Oh, uh, really good. I enjoyed it. I love that book series by Ursula Le Guin. Yeah, so you know, there's, well, again, it's got some, it's got some like cutesy stuff. Like I, uh, Alicia's favorite one is the Cat Returns, which is actually a shorter movie. It's not even, I don't even think it's about an hour only. Mm. Um, and that's about a girl that gets taken to like this realm of cats and slowly becomes a cat and um, okay, and, and all that. But uh, La Puta, Castle in the Sky, that's another good one. I enjoyed that one as well. That was a cool adventure one. All right, well, I tell you what, that shit's just gone up a notch with some of the stuff you've just said, because I, because what I've seen has bored me shitless previously. Um, yeah. Whereas, whereas, because yeah, we've been watching it, we just finished uh, Kiki's delivery service. Look, some of it is just sort of like whimsical, charming mm. sort of stuff and all that, but some of it is really like adventure okay action, you know kind well of i may have been like too hasty rich i may have been too judgmental and too hasty low on patience 
You know what I mean? Does this sound familiar to you? I think you need to be selective. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't think every movie is for you with Studio Ghibli, but I think there are ones. I want to check out this princess one. Enjoy. I want to check out this princess one. Ah, like princess Monica is really good, man. All right. Um, now we're gonna chop down some news here. Invincible. Profit Showdown is heading to trial. Robert Kirkman, once again, being sued by a co-collaborator. Um, William Crabtree, who's accused him of duping him to signing a contract that characterised his contributions as work for hire, leaving him with no ownership stake in the series. I read a bit of the article. It's going to be interesting when it goes to trial. Um, mm-hmm. The author, the, sorry, the author, the lawyer of this guy was the same guy who represented Tony Moore, who did get a settlement out of Kirkman uh, before it got to the courtroom oh. steps. I think uh, the Ditko estate just got a settlement, didn't they? Did they really? There you go. Yeah, I think they just finally settled with uh, Marvel with Spider-Man. Cool. I need to look it up. I meant to look That's it up okay. before the show, but you just mentioned talking about reminding me. That's okay. That, that well, you can, you can cover that next week. Um, final piece of news. Uh, this is interesting. Um, according to the scooper, Daniel RPK, Daphne Keane has just signed on to return as Laura Keane, X-23 in Deadpool 3. And she played uh, Laura Keane in Logan, Old Man Logan, the movie. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So she's going to be in, uh, supposedly in Deadpool 3. Um, bring it on. Man, is this movie going to go for like five hours? Because it feels like it's got a lot of people in it that I'm loving. No, they're probably just going to cram too much into it. No, I think you're wrong, Rich. Weekly Comics, Rich. Woo! Yep. Um, pick three this week. Batman off World One. This was Jason Aaron. And this was basically the Batman in space thing that we've been talking about and discussing. We've actually kind of litigated this comic well before we've read it. I thought it was decent, if somewhat silly. Uh, like, it was fun seeing Batman so deep in space. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I, I actually thought this was all right. I thought the artwork was great. And I thought the story was fine. Like... I, I honestly, what do you think? The artwork is great. I mean, that goes without saying. Doug Mankey is just mm. fucking phenomenal. It's beautiful art. I mean, I'm giving this 7 out of 10. I, I, I like this more than I thought I was going to like it. And I don't have that big a problem with an occasional space arc for Batman. What, what do you think, Rich? So, <clears throat> I'm mixed mm. because... I don't mind a story about, let's say, Batman being kidnapped by aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and being then forced to do all this sort of shit. But the fact that he actually purposely... <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh my God, like, I've fought an alien in the streets. You know, these gangsters recruit an alien. And then I realized, I don't know how to fight aliens. So I spent $52 million... More. No, like two, uh, 270 You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I spent whatever billion dollars... Uh, acquiring a, a spaceship and then shot myself on to purposely get captured yeah. and made, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. to, and I'm like, I get it if it's something he has to do because, you know, maybe that alien knocked him out mm. and took him sort of thing. But the fact that he did that just to, yeah, uh, that just kind of like, it felt a little thin, didn't it? The reasoning. But, you know, some people are trying to, and I've, I've spoken to some people and some people are like, Oh, you know, it just reminds me of like, the, the the silver age or whatever and i'm like yeah but it's not the silver age hmm. and that silver age the batman was different like yeah. you can't you can't tell me that batman is a super serious character mm. and then have him do something stupid like this well 
I don't mind the idea. The, the, the concept of it is that he... I don't mind the premise of yeah. him being captured and stuck on an alien ship or whatever. But this is him actively and, going exploring and after he encounters actively one. shooting himself into space to purposely get captured so he can learn to fight aliens. That just is like, yeah, it's Silver Age, but we're not Silver Age. I will say one thing. I will say one thing. He is very early in his career. So this is just after Batman Year One. This is like Year Two Batman. So he's a bit more naive. <laughs> And well, by the way, can I just say that Batman saying that he almost brained himself just sounds so un-Batman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's more conversational than Batman normally is. Look, overall, though, and I do think the artwork really helped. It was yeah, beautiful. But the, but, but the more I think about it, I go, put a different artist on it, maybe a slightly worse artist, and does the story hold up then? No. <laughs> because yeah. the, the art carries a lot of this. Book, well, we'll, uh, we, we, will stay, we will stay on this one because I do think it's worthy of at least checking out. Uh, look, I'm giving it 7 out of 10. I, I think it's got some promise. What are you giving it, Rich? I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Then we had uh, Sergeant Rock 21, which was actually in the, well, 80s and 90s after they cancelled the main Sergeant Rock, um, you know, um, comic which i believe they cancelled around the mid 80s i don't know the exact date but they then did a special which i believe started off monthly and it said it became bi-monthly um this is i felt really good a really gritty and great story about sergeant rock i think uh, robert kanaka and definitely joe cooper drew it um it's basically sergeant rock kills a, a young german guy during the war obviously and then goes uh, to the guy's parents because he finds his identification um, some crazy shit's happening i mean it's just a really gritty and great sergeant rock story as far as i was concerned this was just more gold what did you think rich uh yeah um again it's it isn't one of those sort of like over the top war stuff but an entertaining over the top war sure sort of uh story which is what you used to get back in the day where because they were telling war tales but they were still also sort of comic books Sure. At the end of the day, and so obviously you had to have like just sort of slightly unbelievable stories. You know what I mean? Because um, I mean, let, let's be honest. Like him killing the young guy and kind of finding like the letter, and then sort of kind of going a wall. Yeah, yeah, he and, is, he is. And going on a long trek um, <laughs> to, to the snow to find the you know the dad and mm. the brother to let them know that he killed him and stuff and. You know what I mean? It, it was kind of like, okay, that would never, obviously... No, there's an element of... Um, really. But but again, it's a storytelling and it's a... it's a But it's a well-told story that I really enjoyed, even though it was a bit sort of... Outlandish. Farcical. I will say this. Um, Joe Kubert, fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You met Joe Kubert, didn't you? Didn't Wasn't he at a convention? Like we yes. Went, yeah, and he was... Um, I mean, it wasn't that long before he passed. How was he, like, as a guy when you chatted to him? Was he? Oh, he seemed lovely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, such a, such a um, legend of the industry. I, I, I just thought what a cool moment that was, like, to get to speak to someone who was, in my mind, one, like one of the great illustrators. You know, um, yeah, the Joe Kubert School and everything. Now. And his sons went on to... Yeah, Adam and Andy. I mean, God, my God. Yeah, and God, God knows how many people have been through the Cubit School who've um, gone on to have mm. great careers. I mean, you could, I'm sure there's lists. Now, I must admit, I, when I was young, basically uh, inherited is actually the right word, 
a lot of my dad's World War Two era comics, not from World War Two, but set probably in from the fifties and sixties and done as World War Two stories. I inherited a ton of them off my um, grandparents when they gave them to me, and I just loved them. And I mean, that is pretty much what Sergeant Rock is. He's from that generation. I love that kind of stuff. I think it's um, you know, the the they're just great stories. Like honestly, and this is just another one in a long in a long line. And um, I mean, this is in '92. And this could have been done in the '60s or '70s. You know, this, this is typical mm. grist for the mill. Um, uh, Robert Kaniger, Joe Kubert combining, and I would love to know if this. We, Robert- um- Really weird cover as well with basically a, bizarre a cover. zombie skeleton Santa Claus. Well, because it came out, this is set during Christmas, isn't it? I, but I was like, the, it almost looked like a horror book. Oh, definitely, with yeah. The, with, with that zombie. I was kind of like, oh, what the fuck? But then it wasn't anything like no, that. No, no, it was, a, it was a, anything. It was a very down-the-middle Sergeant Rock story. Although Sergeant Rock in this is a little bit more, um, I mean, it does seem atypical for him to be so affected by one death. You know, mm. um, such a rock on kind of a compassionate day. I guess maybe because it was Christmas. Eight out of ten from me. What are you giving it, Rich? Yep, eight out of ten as well. Mm-hmm. Then we come to Venom: The End. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> no, the, I'll say this: we've read. Three out of ten. Let's move on. <laughs> we've read some terrible <laughs> comics. Joking. We've read some terrible comics on, in the history of Signal. This may, well, it is one of the worst, and it might even be the worst. It's fucking awful. Um, it's certainly one of the worst comics I can remember reading in recent history. It's it's so fucking bad. Everything about this comic annoyed me. The artwork, the shit storytelling, the very unnecessary unnecessary kind of editorialising in it, like, were they trying to be all fun? This was one of the worst comics of all time, and good luck. Like, God, if someone, someone at Marvel should have said no when this guy pitched this story to him, because it's awful. Um, I'm giving it two, and well, I don't... Th- this is yeah. this is not a comic. This mm. is a, a a recap book <laughs> of a story that never happened. Um, because it's recapping shit, like, it's stuff that's just reminding you of stuff that happened. Yeah. Because it's almost like just bullet points. It's terrible. It's like telling you what happened, but there's no, there's no new ones. There's no character development. No. There's no... Um, it's bizarre. Uh, like like uh, friction, there's no arcs, there's nothing. It's just like, this happened, then 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 yeah. this happened, then 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 this happened, thought this would be a good Venom story also. Can I say that? Like, Awful. I'm giving it one out of ten, and I still don't think it even deserves one. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh, I was just going to be like generous and just go three out of ten. Okay. Well, I'm giving it one. You giving it three? Um, well, no, the art was in some uh, panels was fucking awful. Remember that picture I sent you of him mm-hmm. running? Yeah. And his yeah, leg did. looked like a giant, like fucking turkey leg. Also, what out. was hilarious was you mentioned it. Um, Spider-Man got a one out of five uh, compatibility oh, yeah, with Venom. Yeah. I'm loving this story. So apparently in this, the end, uh, the symbiote has bonded with every single fucking person on the planet somehow, right? Yeah. He's tenure. And he uh, apparently he can like uh, keep their 
their memories or their their, their skills or their powers or oh, something, something which like that yeah doesn't make any sense to me but anyway <laughs> every time he's using someone's power or something it tells you who the who the host was right yeah so that you yeah. know who it was Deadpool, Wolverine etc it's a star rating okay mm. Eddie Brock is the only person that got a five out of star fair enough it's Eddie Brock the symbiote yeah. loves Eddie Brock for some yeah. reason right mm-hmm. and Peter Parker got a one got star a one. which you go that's fine the symbiote and but Eddie both hates Spider-Man, so that is understandable. Yeah. But then every single person... Everyone else. ...that gets a star rating <laughs> gets four out of five. Or three, I think. I think there's some no, threes. I went back and checked. Really? Not, well, no twos, no threes. Every It's like they didn't want to offend anyone. It's yeah. like they didn't want anyone to be feeling left out. Well, they and offended so every me. Every single they person got me. a four. Dude, but random characters have never had anything... Like, lots of X-Men characters were suddenly included. Like, Multiple Man was fucking all over it for... It's just... And got a four-star as well. Dude, what a shit comic. Can I just say that? Like, It what was a, terrible, man. It was honestly terrible. It was awful. I apologise for bringing that to this. When I started reading it, I had a bad feeling within two pages. I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> like, this is fun. And talk about grinding through. I read it in one hit and I just gripped my teeth and I was just like, oh my fuck. Like, I was like, what I really hated was the narration. That just capped it off for me. You know? Mm. Like, anyway, awful. Now, our trade of the week, Sergeant Rock between Hell and a Hard Place. This is... Joe Kubert uh, must be amongst some of the last stuff he did. Uh, it's with Brian Azzarello from 100 Bullets fame. Um, it's a hard-hitting but very good Sergeant Rock story with uh, an Easy Company story with uh, Joe Kubert um, doing all the artwork. I think he may have done everything. Um, and he says in the forward, like, at first they wanted him to do covers and the more he talked to DC, they were like, well, would you want to come on and do it and he was like not really unless it's a graphic novel basically and i mean look sergeant rock from what i've read there's a lot of hard-hitting sergeant rock stories a lot of emotional stories there's a lot of death in sergeant rock at the best of times but this one really it it brings the story into sort of i don't know even more gritty and more realistic while still having all the sergeant rock um, characters, and I think with Joe Kubert on art style, similar feel to the classic stuff. I really, really enjoy it. I I think it's really good. I think it captures the horror of war. It captures the the fear. Um, there's a little bit of a, I mean, I guess you could say murder mystery storyline tucked in there. It's basically Easy Company stuck in this forest um, in 44, November 44, fighting Germans and a lot of disorganisation, a lot of chaos, which I think there was. Um, Brian Azzarello doesn't let the team down here. I think he does a good job, and Joe Kubert shines. What did you think of this one, Rich? Uh, yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, definitely a little bit more modern mm. than what you're used to with the Sergeant Rock stuff and all that, but still um, uh, pretty damn good. Like. Yeah. Um, I, I, at first, I wasn't a huge fan of the of the art, right? Just because I'm used to um, I'm used to like reading war books that are just black and white, like your typical oh. sort of black and white. Whereas this one is, it is kind of black and white, but it's still kind of like a bit of like water watercolor. Yeah, you know, um, 
kind of feel to it. Yeah. Where it adds like just like like smidges of color, like maybe a little bit of brown there and a little bit of red there or something like that. And but after a while, I actually started enjoying it and 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 actually liking it and appreciating it. But it it did sort of throw me a little bit, just because I guess I'm just so used to for just years of my life, whenever I read like a war book or a war comic, it really wasn't in color that much. It was always just black and white. Sure. You know, that, that sort of the, the Kubert black that, and white. That's true. Color. That's true. That, those story, those comics I was talking about that I inherited were all black and white. But Sergeant yeah, Rock Sergeant wasn't. Sergeant Rock was color back in the 70s. But a lot of the ones that I read were black and black white. Black and white. Okay, cool. So a lot of the, a lot of the um, army books I've read, and including the Sergeant Rock with all the black and white ones. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Because again, I couldn't read everything. Like I didn't have access to. Yeah. But somehow you couldn't read everything, Rich. I mean, what the hell's wrong with you? You couldn't read it all. <laughs> um, it's the same. Sometimes it, it, sometimes it's weird to me reading even a Conan book in color. Sure, because you're so used to the same. No matter how good the art is. Yeah. Sometimes I just go. It's so weird reading Conan in color. I, I must because... admit, I agree with you. I, I, I must admit, my favorite Conan in comics is the savage sword stuff which is black and white mm. you know? your brain kind it of fills it in do you think your brain kind it, of fills it in it does fill it in but it also um your brain then also just gets it used to it it just associates conan with black and white yeah do you know what i mean it just your brain just goes i now associate because every story i've read so then years later when you start reading color your brain just goes okay this is weird to me because i do not associate mm. color um I mean, sometimes a lot of the color it also lacks uh, detail. Like sometimes, depending on the artist, there's actually less detail in the color than there is in the black and the white with totally all the agree. shading and the lines and all that sort yep. of stuff. So anyway, so it did do it, but again, I got used to it and I started adapting, and I actually did end up enjoying uh, enjoying the art a lot. And I thought the story was um, it was. Interesting. Oddly enough, very similar to this to the the story in the one issue. Yeah, yeah. In that, um, okay, uh, they they capture these guys, mm. and then they are kind of like um, they they get kind of ambushed, and then the the they capture was it four SS soldiers or something like that or officers. Yes. And uh, then three of them are dead, and one of them is run off, and so they decide to go and hunt him down sort of chase him down kind of thing and all that and it turns out that he's he, he killed those guys because they raped uh, his French prize at the very end woman. yeah at the very end yeah which kind of that, that kind of I kind of went okay now we've gone a bit weird <laughs> like well that came out of nowhere I wasn't expecting the the story to be that it was jealousy that they raped his mm. um, his French prize so yeah. to speak, his his treasure that he was taking back to Germany and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and uh, some of the Easy Company actually died in this. Well, Sure Shot got who's one of my favourites got um, no, shot in the back died as well. Did he? And I think um, I'm not happy with that. But I don't think ice cream. Oh, oh no, sorry, no, sorry. Ice cream soldier survived. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. I bulldozer survived. Bulldozer survived. Man. Ice Cream said what happened uh, to Bulldozer and all that, and um, Sergeant Rock said they gone. 
Yeah, but gone to the hospital. And the next panel, he goes to the hospital. Yeah. And now I was just remembering it wrong now. Sazerac, <laughs> Sazerac was fucking with him. Shawshank got one in the back. Me too, because I just remembered it wrong. Shawshank's one of my favourite characters of Easy Company. And of course he is, Dave. Oh, there's no need for that, Richard. Just because he's Native American, he's cool. <laughs> I like the trackers, man, and he wears the feathers in the back uh, of his head. Boy. I've always liked Sure Shot. I can't. You've explain. got a weird, uh, r- uh, I think, romantic notion with Native Americans. I think it's just I, something I love them. Is this is what it gets down to? But my point was this: Sure Shot got shot in the back, and I'm deeply worried if he can walk again. Um, can he walk again? Oh, fine. Okay, yeah, he's okay. Um, I, I, tell you what, got, I think Ice, Ice got shot like six times and he was he, fine. He so. was fine, yeah. And Ice Cream Soldier, did we do it on the show, the original? Yes, we did. Yeah, how cool is that, that we did the original um, version of Ice Cream Soldier, like his original issue in, in, in Sergeant Rock? We're gonna well, do, I quite like this because they, 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 they got some new soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was nice to see how sort of Easy Company sort of reacts to them and they don't want to know their real name and then yeah. they kind of, over time, the ones that kind of live for a sh- bit longer, they yeah. get given names. <laughs> yeah, if you manage um, to survive like more than a day. <laughs> well, well, but not just that. It's also because, as uh, Sergeant Rock says, um, that that person's not here. Yeah, it's better. Right? Yeah. It's better for you to, to be, you know... Uh, oil slick or, or, you know, ironwork or whatever, whatever name we give you because the shit that you're going to see, the shit that you're going to do, mm. and if you survive, you can then go back to being yeah. whoever you were back then and you can hopefully leave that... Fucking steep. ...send the name behind. And I was like, that's a, that's a very... That's, a, that's an interesting way of looking at... i tell you what. The, ...why they give each other sort of names and, and don't yeah. refer to themselves... Tinny. ...with their real names. Dude... I'm going to say this right now. Okay, disassociative sort of thing. Sergeant Rock, for me, these stories, like, they're bringing me back to my memories of reading war comics and and of the horror of war, in a way. They're not glamorising it at all. Like, that first image, that that first image with um, the guy who's lost his arms and his legs, you're like, that's a fucking gut punch, just to kick off the storyline, you know? Mm. I was like, yeah, okay, we're, we're, we're playing for keeps here. You know, but I mean, even like the older stuff, like the one that we, yeah, um, yeah. He, he kills the young kid who's like, couldn't be more than like 20. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, he doesn't be like, oh, got him fucking Nazi. He's like, Jesus, man, yeah. fucking he's a baby. It's like, yeah. You know what I mean? He's still a kid. Um, and, and it affects him. And again, it shows you that, you know, war is. War is hell. We have to say to you know borrow a, 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 a an old expression, war is hell. Yeah, and they always used to say make war no more in the in the Joe Kubert comics. You know, mm. at the end, man, it's intense. I think Azarello did a really good job here. It's a tough job. You're coming in, you're batting mm. clean up. I mean, Robert Kanig has passed away. Um, you know, Joe Kubert's there though, and y- y- big shoes to fill. You know, to give to mm. give. To give Cubit pages that are worthy of a graphic novel for him, and really as kind of a sign-off to the character, you know, to get Joe Cubit, like, I mean, he's so associated with this character, and you want to get, you, if you're a writer, you want to give him something with meat, you know, so that he can really flesh it out, like you know Joe Cubit can. You know, you don't want to just turn in, like, a rush script 
And I mm. think Azarello did a really good job. I think one thing I liked about it, and I don't claim to be an artist, but an art critic, but I liked the, the way he did the word balloons. And there was like a little line which suggested who was speaking, but it wasn't your classic word balloon. It was slightly different if you noticed. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I felt that every page of, of, the, of the artwork, I felt like you could tell Kubert had really kind of put a lot of effort in. And also when we had just read the issue from like 92, the way he just gets rock perfectly it's the same fucking art it's beautiful in a way you know what i mean like there was a seamlessness to it all and the the forest it was kind of eerie at times it almost felt like a weird war tales comic you know there was and the, yeah the ending was kind of kooky with the french girl that kind of came out of nowhere but i enjoyed it and it was good to see sergeant rock just blaze away and it turns out none of easy company had done it i didn't think they would have i was kind of like who's gonna have done it i didn't think it was gonna be bulldozer definitely wasn't going to be ice cream soldier and it sure as hell wasn't going to be sure shot you know i was i was positive on that if it had been sure shot i wouldn't have been happy i can tell you that much right now um i mean i, I mean let's be honest it definitely could have been bulldozer yes it could have been yeah but i would have also forgiven him fuck these nazi ss officers you know um it, uh, i mean yeah i mean yeah but like dude in all fairness i think bulldozer might have been one of those guys who's like let him run and then mow him down rather than up close and personal. Like he'd give them the illusion that they're going to escape and then blow them away. Sure, but I mean that's still like no, it's, I don't know. I mean it's against the Geneva Convention, Rich. But like you know we're out but there. Not just, but not just that. The problem is, is I think that's something that again I can't I can't speak from experience, but I would think that that it's something that you would probably regret. I'm sure you would. Later. Um, yeah. Because the thing sure. is, like, it's, it's all well and good to, like, hate someone in the moment when you're at war and, mm. and fighting. But once they've, like, sort of surrendered, you've got them tied up. Sure, sure. I think once you do something like that, then mm. you have sort of, whether you feel justified or whatever they've done, mm. that still changes you. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like... Forget about them for a moment. I think the fact that you do that, I think it is something that will definitely change you, and probably take you down a path that mm. you you wouldn't want to go. And so that's why I think it's like whether it's justified or not, whether they are animals and they've done something. I think if you do that, though, it's the risk of of hurting your soul. Do you know what I mean? Of of making you a worse person, which is the worst thing that you can I, do. I hear it. I, I hear that. Worse. I hear that, of course. But I will say what this comic didn't flinch away from was just the horror of the conflict anyway. And doesn't it make you think... For sure, yeah. Like, you, you know, people who don't understand why soldiers come back with PTSD and stuff, like, seriously, like, are you insane? It must be very fucking easy from your couch, you know? And, like, can you imagine, Rich, I, you know, seriously being, uh, you know, invading Normandy and being on those fucking boats and it's coming out? Like, I mean, seriously, like, if you manage to survive that shit and then it just goes on for, like, another two years or whatever, year and a half, and, like, the... the and, and against Germans who are fighting for their own survival too, you know? Like, don't forget... I will say, though, is... And I, I'm only experiencing things because, obviously, my grandfather did... You know, he, he was in the in, in the war and all that sort of stuff. Is yeah. I think that 
PTSD is definitely different and has changed because I think while it is traumatic and horrific scene war, mm. I think if you know that you're fighting for a good cause and you're fighting for the right reasons mm. and when it's over, obviously, you know, they were obviously cheered and sure. they were treated like heroes sure. when they came back that while it's something that you will live with and will never leave you i think you can and a lot of them did go on to you know have kids and sure. family and yeah, of course and and you know live their life but it's because the war you fought was it was open it was just it was it was true it was heroic mm. then you get to stuff like vietnam afghanistan sort of middle east where it's much more nebulous you're not even sure if you're the good guys um, it's more guerrilla warfare, you know what I mean? The, the, the enemy is, is hiding from you. They are fucking with your mind. Sure. You don't know who the enemy is. Because that's what happened in Vietnam and um, in Afghanistan, you know what I mean? Like, when you're in Afghanistan, you don't know yeah. if that person walking is your enemy or not. Whereas, obviously, when you're fighting a war, like with Germany, you know, like mm. World War One, you, you know where the enemy is. There they are. Yeah. That's the enemy. We have to go and attack them. And I think it's why, while those men did sort of have to live with sort of trauma and PTSD, it was not on the, the level of the guys that went to Vietnam and and sure. Middle East and Afghanistan because... Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a, it, it, you know what I mean? As I said, it's very different fighting someone when you don't know where your enemy is, you don't know who your enemy is, mm. where then they can get you at any time. Mm. Um, and I feel so bad for those... Oh, me too. For those guys. For me the too. Vietnam and like, obviously I feel, obviously it's horrendous what the, the guys, the, the veterans will, but man, it, it, the, the guys that did the Vietnam and came back way more fucked up. Way more fucked up than... Yeah. And the media the, did a job on them too. You oh, know what oh, I mean? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I mean, thankfully the Afghanistan guys haven't been treated as badly. The worst was no. the Vietnamese, the, the Vietnamese, the Vietnam guys. Oh, 100%. The guys oh. from Nam were treated like it's absolute a, it's a shit, like absolute monsters when they got back. It's an absolute disgrace how they were treated and how they were, um, how the media sort of, yeah, went, went to town on them, basically. It's, it's an absolute disgrace because at the end of the day, this is what I often think about, no matter what fucking war zone you're in, you're in Ukraine right now, Rich. You're in Syria. You know, you're in the Gaza Strip. At the end of the day, a bullet could fucking kill you or take an arm off, regardless of who's right or wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're in a hot fucking situation where people are firing guns at you. I'm sorry. A lot of shit goes out the window then. And um, I don't know. I just think I just think it's a tragedy. Um, I think this comic is, uh, is hard-hitting. I wasn't prepared, I think, for how intense it was going to be. I, I think I, I just hadn't thought about it. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, man, this is a really good comic book. And as we're talking about it now, I'm, I'm still absorbing it in my mind. I think this is what I'm going to come back to. Because I think there's a lot of depth in this. And I think um, it's a credit, you know, to Joe Kubert and Brian Azzarello, who, who picked mm. up the baton from Robert Kanegar, and that couldn't have been easy, you know? Mm. Um, can you imagine, like, and saying, we're going to do rock? Okay, shit. That's a heavy fucking task, you know? Anyway, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is 9 out of 10. I fucking love a Sergeant Rock TV show similar to, like, oh, Band of Brothers or something like that. Oh, my please. God. Don't please. be so good. Oh, please. 
please, anything better than that recent DC thing where he was like a robot or something crawling across the ground, and I was just like, you guys just don't get rock. You know? What? Yeah, there's some. there was some, one of those crisis events where it was like Sergeant Rock and he was like a zombie or something, and it was just like, why are you guys bothering? You know? What the hell? Oh, dude, it was... I really don't. I really don't read the shit show stuff anymore. No, it was it was it was woeful, man. Like it was it was like, it was literally like you just aren't even trying. You know, like you've got the name. You know the name, Sergeant Rock. Oh, you know, that's about dude, it. Dude, I remember. I remember. Um, so when they did the second um, incarnation of the Suicide Squad, right? Mm. So this is when they did a, a sort of a relaunch years later. Mm. They had actually, um, I'm doing inverted commas here, Sergeant Rock leading them. Mm. Okay. Um, but it actually turned out to be um, uh, the Unknown Soldier. That's cool. He was just disguising himself as Sergeant Rock, like with a face mask and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's yeah. cool. I will say but it's cool. For a moment, it was kind of cool believing yeah. that Sergeant Rock was... <laughs> was put in charge of Toss for X. That was kind I of, could see that, though, couldn't you? It was kind of cool. I could see that. I mean, the thing with The Rock that I... I Look, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I read a thing once that said Sergeant Rock died on the last shot of World War Two, And I was always like, man, that's heavy. You know? Well, that's what they're talking about, because people were like, I thought you were dead, and... How you're alive and, and it was this big thing and all that. And again, it turned out to be the unknown soldier, you know, the guy with the bandages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was also cool himself. Mm. Yeah, man, well. What a cool, interesting way to use those characters. Yeah. Uh, look, I was uh, I was talking to Chuck Dixon and I was saying, man, I wish they would just do an omnibus of the Sergeant Rock stuff. Like, I, well, I think it would sell too. Like, you know, like I really do. Like, I think there's a lot of gold in those hills and DC for whatever reason, just have not mind them. I guess we recently had Sergeant Rock uh, against the Army of the Dead, which we did enjoy, but, oh, God, this was better. You know? Well, you enjoyed it more than me. I did enjoy it, but I just like Sergeant Rock in general. But this was better. This was... I'm giving this 9 out of 10, Rich. What are you giving it? 8.5. That's a high score for me, Rich. Well, I think we've come to the end of a marathon. Um, it's kind of been cool. We've done it on a Sunday night, which is unusual for us. We're going to do the last show of the season, or the year, I guess you could say. Um, season, like we're doing fucking seasons. Um, I actually hate it when people say that. Oh, it's season three of my podcast. I just like, what does that even mean? Like, are, are you a fucking it's TV year show? three. <laughs> yeah, are you a TV show? Like, um, is this Magnum PI? Um, yeah, no, look please, I want to thank all the listeners again. Um, you know, spare a thought tonight for the vets, actually. And I say that in all seriousness, like, of all wars, you know, because it isn't glamorous. Uh, I know it's, horror, you know, made heroic in the press, but at the end of the day, it's a brutal affair, a very brutal and affair. And think of that guy without his arms and legs, seriously, because that person exists in the real world, plenty of them. Um... Mm. You know, that's my thought for the night, Rich. Um, now, I do want to thank the listeners, and if you can support the Patreon, please, uh, please do. It's much appreciated. It goes towards show running costs. We've had another big year. We've got, it's um, patreon.com slash signal of doom. We've got um, a lot of people to thank. 
and all the Patreon members, thank you, thank you, listeners. And we're proud members of the collective. You've got guys on there like uh, Ray with um, Into the Night. You've got Connor with Last Sons of Krypton, Capes and Lunatics with Phil and Lilith, Ghost Spider Groupies, um, Inner Demons with Brian Biggie, and plenty of other people there. Um, Rich, I've given sort of the homily. Uh, any backup you'd like to say, man? Any final thoughts? Oh, look, it's been another kick-ass year. Mm. Um, I think the two of us just mm. enjoy... Blazed. Doing the... Talking the shit. Sure. Having the hot takes, entertaining the crowd. Definitely the hot takes, man. You know, you, sometimes you feel like the gladiator going, are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, I, I get a kick out of it. It's fun, it's enjoyable, and I hope... Um, Hope everyone keeps enjoying the show and uh and thank you to all yeah. our new listeners in the uk especially um we've also picked up some more us listeners but um we've had a real increase in numbers this year and it's been great um oh god rich oh yeah rich what's your um instagram thing that's what i meant you to plug what is it oh uh far-fetched comics yes uh that's with it. an x yes um yes. Uh, on instagram yeah that's it man that's what it all comes down to uh, on that note, we've got one more show to go um, this year. So that's coming up this Friday night. Um, we will probably do a bit of a Christmas theme. And on that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. Great show. Killed it. Yeah. Killed it, dude. Killed it.